everybody, and welcome back to Season 5 of Sequelizers. As always, I am your host, Jack Chambers, and joining me, my sequelizing compatriotos, Matthew Stogden. Daddy's mean fun, mummy's mean business. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> That, that's uncomfortable. It is. In various ways. It really is. Like much about these films. I find. <laughs> and speaking of being uncomfortable, Tim Atom, how are you? Look at that big baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. Mm. If you haven't already guessed, we're fixing Honey, I blew up the kid. Also known as Honey, I blew up the baby in certain places. Yes, it I is. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Which I think works better. Yes. But I guess it's shrunk the kids, blew up the kid. But he says, I blew up the baby when he tells her. Yeah. Which is which makes more sense because they have multiple children. Sure. <laughs> it's like to make sense to kind of define Specify. which one. Yeah, which kid he's talking it about. It feels like an argument in a, in a Disney um, writing office of like, no, it should be this because it's the baby. It's what it is. And it's good alliteration. It's like, no, it should be shrunk the kids because kids, you know, but it was last time brand awareness. Trunk the kid, blew up the kids. Weirdly, the word honey is the key bit of the whole franchise. Apparently the honey so. franchise. Yeah. But, yeah. Ultimately, not very good. Um, here's a little bit of a uh, confession, as it were. Ooh. I like these movies. No, neither do I particularly. I, I thought the first, the first one's fine. fine. Yeah. And I saw it on television as a kid and thought, eh, it's all right. Yep. But I never really latched onto it. It didn't feel... It felt as, as stupid as this fucking statement is going to sound. Here we go. Didn't feel big enough. <laughs> I, I genuinely thought it was like, ah. It, and I know that obviously now as an adult, I'm like, oh, well, the amount of stuff that goes into even like the visual effects and the, the amount of practical effects and the, uh, the, the set building and stuff mm. is amazing, really. Yeah. The first one really kind of yeah. set an amazing standard for that kind of stuff. But as a viewer, I didn't which, give a shit. Which the second one does not follow up mm, on in many no. ways. Uh, for going from giant sets and amazing special effects to just... 99% green screen, I guess. <laughs> fuck it. It's green screen out yeah, yeah. But, but before green screen was any good. Yay! Yep. That sweet period before special effects got good and practical effects weren't used anymore. So we're like, eh. <laughs> we talked about it in Tron. We talked about it in a, in a few other pictures as well. It's like mm. that weird period of the 90s slash early 2000s where it's like, we want to use CGI, but it's not quite there yet. And it's yep. all a bit weird. Yeah, just mm -hmm. moving over from practical to CGI and it just mm -hmm. not being able to pull it off. Mm -hmm. I disagree with you both. I really like the original. Oh, okay. okay sorry. I, I, I have... was going to say you like all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I think the, the CGI in this is fantastic. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I really like the original. I have, it's and it's not something where I have um, a lot of nostalgia tied up. Oh, interesting. Either. Okay. Um, it, it, I mean, it's something that I saw when I was a kid, but it wasn't like uh, it wasn't one that we owned the VHS of, and so I watched no, it over no, and no. over again. Yeah. It was I saw it on TV once, maybe twice. That sounds like me. Um, yeah. And going back to it this time, I was like, no, I think I think this really holds up well mm -hmm. um, in terms of you know like a kid's action adventure uh, film. Yeah, and and I think that does it does make the the second one incredibly disappointing because it's so um lackluster yeah and it it sounds weird for a kids film but i mean kids films can be smart and kids films can be dumb and the second one feels like it really 
dumbs down everything. Very much so. I think this is a bit of a transition in terms of how cinema went between the 80s and 90s. So, for example, there is a real aesthetic change and a tonal shift. And obviously they can be attributed to a lot of things. But a lot of films that were released in the 80s and then had follow-ups in the 90s, like, say, for example... So you've got Gremlins and Gremlins 2, the mm. match. And you've got Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. If you look at one and two of each of those films, they you can tell they're the same thing. In the same way you can tell this is the same thing, a lot of returning elements. But ultimately, it doesn't really feel the same. It, it, it looks somewhat... The, the whole cinematography feels a little bit brighter. Everything's mm. a little bit more greyed off a little. And... and the clothes are a little bit more baggy and shit. Just little shifts of things. I mean, you know, like, you know the idea, like, in vote commas, what is a decade? Mm. So, everyone, like, mm. most recently ourselves included the whole best of the decade, but we all know that it's an arbitrary list because ultimately 2010 to 2020 or 2009, 2020 doesn't mean anything. Mm. It's not actually a, a, an actual uh, a marker where society stops and ends. Like, right now it's officially the 80s and now it's officially the 90s. Except in cinema, especially things that were being shot around 88, 87, that kind of thing. And things that were then shot in the early 90s for release in the mm. early 90s had a very different visual style. The 80s had very, uh, I'm not saying either is better. That's the key mm. point here. Because I think there's some really beautiful cinema, especially in the 90s. But there was a real shift with family films, especially just how they were presented mm. and, and shot. So I, th I think that this one is very much a key example of that. Well, a trilogy we talked about recently that I think is a perfect example of going through the decades and feeling completely different mm. is Beverly Hills Cop. Entirely. That really shows mm. that like, you can instantly tell the first one is a film of its era. There's the way it's shot, mm -hmm. the way the camera moves through the streets, yep. the way Axel talks, like everything is mm. so mm. 80s about that film. And then... From then, we get into the 90s and the franchise just gets mm. a bit weird. Yes. The, se the second one is very 80s, but in a... Referential kind of way, in a completely yeah. different yes, way, very much so. Um, mm. Because it's that Tony Scott look, um, and then the, the third one is just like, oh yeah, hard turn to the nineties. Yes, yeah. the first one does have a bit of a sort of um, lagging seventies stuff as well. Very much so, because yeah. you have the yeah. sort of end of the um, things like sort of almost Serpico kind of way mm. of things. If it was, if Serpico was funny, um, that, that, again, that, that grittiness, that look, that, for lack of a better word, the grubbiness of every street corner kind of thing, because it's reflective of the city of the time. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, with, with this, it does feel like there's a shift and not for the better mm. in any way, shape, or form. I honestly forgot these were Disney films as well. Com I completely forgot. I that kind of always knew, but that's different. Yeah. Well, um, when I was growing up, I had no idea. Mm. And yeah. Then going back and being like, oh, this is a live action <laughs> Disney sequel. Yeah. That explains everything. <laughs> <laughs> this is a thing money. that comes up a lot in sequelizers but, because Disney sequels are notoriously shit. But, but from a period where uh, a live action Disney film didn't mean a remake of an animation, it meant an original premise. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and this is almost like the. I want to say the golden age, but like the, yeah, the, where they had original ideas or more original ideas mm. in terms of live action stuff. Mm -hmm. Whereas, as you said, Tim, now we're in this weird phase of just like, take everything they love from the 90s cartoons and make it live action or more realistic. Or even the case of The Lion King, shoot it like a documentary for some reason. Yeah. The, this film, feel, well, this, this kind of pair of films actually does feel like a little transition point between you've got the kind of like, 70s and 80s live action Disney films we've got stuff like the computer wore tennis shoes uh, and stuff yeah. like that and then everybody's favorite very mm. soon after this you've got like Hocus Pocus yes which feels like it's on a completely different level to this um 
especially comparing it to um, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Just want to, just I know, I know it's unnecessary. I fucking love Hocus Pocus. <laughs> <laughs> Do carry on. Yeah, it's yes. good. Yeah, yeah. I almost, I was, I was kind of toying with the idea. Um, I didn't, I didn't find a character that that quite suited him. Uh, but I almost tried to find a way to put um, Doug Jones. Uh, into this oh, as well. nice. Uh, I think it's Omri <laughs> <laughs> Um, Given that he was uh, about to kind of uh, do his first major role as, yeah. uh, I can't remember the name of the character in Hocus Pocus, but the zombie guy. Billy. Billy yeah, Billy. Billy something. Yeah. yeah. Billy the zombie guy. Yeah. Billy the zombie guy. It's a, it's a weird franchise because the thing is it kept running. All, it's, it's, it's Okay. So Honey, I Shrank the Kids, obviously 1989, mm-hmm. but it's a very 90s thing because... Um, you're on the cusp of 89 anyway, mm-hmm. but then you've got Honey, I Shrunk the Kids in 89, then Honey, I Blew Up the Kids slash the Baby, whatever you want to call it. Then 1997, no, that, sorry, before that, 1994, you've got the Disney ride, mm-hmm. Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Yep. Um, and then you've got the, let's see. Yeah, then the, c- concurrently, the, the, the film Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, a TV series. Yeah. Correct. And I think I've seen all of them. But why, God, why? I don't Have know. I watched the TV series as a kid because it was a science show. It was like, you know, they're literally... The one thing I will say that this is best suited for is actually a TV format whereby it's just a weekly show and they'd have um, just wacky science adventures. Mm. Oh, the kid's been aged up and now he's, you know, Rob Youngblood or some motherfucker. Mm. And he's like, he's now a 30-year-old man. Mm. Yeah. And the sister feels very confused about the whole thing or some weirdness like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. Um, and then there's an episode where they go into different dimensional spaces and it's all like, oh, this is actually... Uh, like a Fantastic Four style thing. That's the, mm. I th- again, I think it's one of the best formats for this Oddly show. Oddly enough, Fantastic Four is something that has never worked on the big screen. <laughs> no, so. most definitely. <laughs> but I think because you have the ability to to do like a, you know a, a monster of the week with science of the week, as it were. Yeah, yeah. and it's very similar. Imagine very being Disney. a bit of like Magic School Bussy and all that kind of things. Like yeah, kind plus of a bit yeah. bit of uh, eerie Indiana. Oh and, yes. uh, uh, yeah. Round the twist as well. Very which, much so. Um, we're, we're more kind of paranormal, but round but, the twist fucked me up as a kid. Just put that yeah, it was exploding mush- that exploding mushrooms episodes just freaked me out. Up it's an pond. Australian weird TV show. For yeah, those for, of you for don't our know. American listeners who probably yeah. didn't get it, uh, many listeners have never fucking yeah. heard of that. <laughs> All I remember yeah. is, a, is a kid called Bronson who was a little boy who was trying to save turtles or something and he was doing so by not washing his feet and he would just show his stinky feet and go, up the pong! And like, Bronson, cover your feet up, mate! Jesus! <laughs> Didn't say Jesus. But, um, yeah. In fucking, the- fucking Christ, <laughs> Bronson! <laughs> Holy shit, you fucking twat! And they'd slap him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> Get the fuck outside, Bronson. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's an Australian TV, uh, kids TV show so they're constantly dropping the C-bomb. <laughs> <laughs> As is tradition in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was remade, obviously, by Nicholas Winder Griffin uh, about Bronson's uh, later <laughs> years, played by Tom Hardy. <laughs> oh, fucking shit, you ripe, you cunt. The classic uh, Australian character, Pong. I could yeah, definitely see him saying up the Pong. Grease me up the Pong, you cunt. <laughs> oh, my God. Have we made the best thing ever? Round the twist, the Bronson years. <laughs> oh, he's a fighter. And suddenly raises his, fi- his feet rather than his fists. <laughs> But exactly where they would be in the shot, like yeah. like he's raising his feet, it's just yeah, exactly. feet coming up into the shot. <laughs> I just gave you fucking magic like that in there. Shot gold, man. Yeah. <laughs> I just gave you fucking magic in there. You just pissed on a gypsy in the middle of nowhere, Bronson. <laughs> the fuck are we talking about? Have you ever <laughs> ever felt like this when strange things happen? Grease me up, you cunt. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
So yeah, the format of the TV series was a good idea, um, but the transition is that it get just very steadily worse and worse and worse. So High Strength the Kids, interesting concept, reasonable execution, hmm. very 80s. High Blood the Kid, boring. Not very funny. Yep. No. Um, not very... Yeah, the humour is really sucked out of this film. Yeah. I'm like, oh, he's big. Any other jokes? Nope. <laughs> That's your lot. I think there was a lot of good... Oh, he's got a sexy babysitter. <laughs> who he kidnaps. Yeah. Nick is creepy in this we, Yeah, we have to get into the weird sexualization in this film yep. because it's got a 15-year-old Kerry Russell mm -hmm. who gets introduced with like a slow-mo bikini shot. Mm -hmm. And... Uh -huh. uh, I was like Phoebe Cates. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And I was uh yeah, and then then gets tied up by uh Nick. Yeah. Uh and I was I was looking into like the details around the film and I noticed that um the director who's now I can't remember. Fleiser? Yeah. Uh also directed uh The Blue Lagoon. So he's oh, got yeah, previous yeah, for okay. creepy yeah. teen sexuality. Um I, I yeah, I was watching it's my it. My favorite I was, genre. Yeah, when it when in, like it's she's introduced at the water park, I was like, eee. yeah, yeah, I thought the same thing. It is quite. Oh, she's one of those older people that's playing a teen. No, nope. nope, she's fifteen in real life. Yeah. Ugh. Have you guys seen uh, Honey We Shrunk Ourselves? No, no, it's very I wouldn't, made, wouldn't, very made wouldn't for TV. subject myself to that. It's fine, yeah. but it's very made for TV. Um, and have you guys seen the Honey? No, I possibly like an episode or two, but I can't really. Remember oh, them. yeah, sorry, the, the audience one from Disney. Oh, the, sorry, no, definitely no. not. No, um, I for a man who doesn't like any of it, you've experienced it all. Mm -hmm. I know that sums up your life, man. <laughs> really <laughs> fucking <laughs> does. That's your relationship with cinema in general. I hate most of it, and I've seen it all. <laughs> that's that's yeah, that's the world. I know I keep coming up with titles for your memoirs, but there's <laughs> another one for you. No, I went to see that in 99 when it opened up at uh, Disneyland Paris. So I went with a school trip to Disneyland Paris. Mm. I went on the ride on my own and it was good. It was a 4D sort of experience. I'd never been mm. in a 4D cinema before. So oh, the idea... Is that the, they spray water at you? Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, the dog yeah. sneezes at the end. And it's like, oh, it's all yeah. snotty and stuff. And there's like mice that get out everywhere because they can't multiplying and uh, you just have a little air jet to the back of the seat and make you think they're running through the seats. It's, it's quite good. And mm. there's all 3D when 3D was still quite generically sort of um, with the red and blue glasses kind of thing? No, no, no. Oh, okay. That's what we have uh, now. But, the polarised. Yes, exactly. Okay, cool. But um, as a early test phase kind of thing. Mm. Eric Idle's in it. He's reasonably funny. It's the mm. kid from uh, Baby Plays Adam and also Kid Plays Nick, I want to say. Well, it's actually him. Really? And it's directed mm. by Kleiser. Um, uh, Randall Kleiser is the director mm. of Finding the Baby or Kid. And he did this one as well. And it's fine. It's it's just another silly adventure. Again, it's the whole. Did he do blow up ourselves as well, or shrink ourselves? No, it was. no, that was okay. someone else. Um, I want to say that was. I've mostly ignored that film in my research. Well, here's <laughs> the thing: what's it's quite frustrating and weird. I'm pretty sure it's Dean Cundy. Yeah, it is Dean Cundy, and yeah. Dean Cundy is a cinematographer who is fantastic. He went like Jurassic Park and stuff. Mm, yeah, yeah, he's. he's worked with John Carpenter and Steven Spielberg and Robert Zemeckis and you know mm. big names, and he directed it, and it's quite shit. And you're like. That's unfortunate. Because it sticks to cinematography. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Um, but we should also then talk about the uh, the the pending Disney Plus. Yeah, I don't know if you guys know about this, but um, Disney Plus. Okay, so at time of recording, Disney Plus is not available legally in the United Kingdom. Some of us have kind of maybe seen Mandalorian. But I don't know how. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. They 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 maybe should have you know. Thought, thought through that scenario when they decided to delay it by six months in yeah. certain regions. Sorry, should be full. Get a better yeah. deal with Sky. Your problem. Yeah. Anyway, having said that, 
Um, it is now, I believe, at time of release of this episode, probably up. It's 24th of March, so it's mm. thereabouts. Um, and a proposed Disney Plus thing, because obviously they're desperate, well, not desperate for content, because Disney made a ton already. There's like, mm. bonk, here is lots of it. But they're making new content. And part of that is to say, hey, guess what? We're making a new Mighty Ducks film. You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? We're making Sister Act 3. What? <laughs> and one proposed thing, which I think is still potentially going ahead, is called Shrunk, mm. which is a sequel. Because yep. everything has to have one word now. Of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Shrunk is dumb. We're too, we're too dumb for long titles. Yeah, shrunk. What's it not called? Honey? Yeah, bees. <laughs> just, just honey. Sequel um, to the bee movie. Oh, <laughs> fucking hell. But it's, I believe, slated to have Josh Gad as an older version of Nick. Mm. And I'm like, I could see sure? it working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh Gad. It yeah, makes a, it's yeah. a logical sense, but I'm also like, don't do this. Because when <laughs> Nick be in his 40s by now? Again, probably. Yeah, yeah. 89, he was like, actually, no, 89, he would have been, what, 8 or 9? So, yeah, he'd be hit at 40. Yeah. Mm, about yeah. Josh Gad, what do you think, maybe mid-30s? I have no idea. I'd say, I'd, say, I'd say mid-30s. I'd That's say it's, it's 30... Like, like four. Okay. Gentlemen, the answer at time of recording, Josh Gad is Tim, any guess? Any guess? 37. Oh, okay. Tim wins. He's 38. Fucking hell, he looks good for 38. He does look pretty good for 38. So having seen it all, the first one is arguably and almost incontroversibly the, the, the strongest part. Yeah, it, yeah. It's a that good, makes sense. It's a decent concept. Um, I will say this much, Rick Moranis, although he's not in the TV series, mm. never loses energy. He's great the whole time. Yeah. In in the 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 live action audience-based theme park ride cinema mm. experience I can't remember what to call it because it's a just, weird collection of words well you just watch it it's like with the Terminator ride you just watch it you don't do anything he's always got this great energy to him and it's apparent that there's not really much else going on in this film mm. in my opinion everyone's sort of going through this sort of standard beats uh, Matt Frewer and his family are being just like the whole Come on, kid. Why don't you like sports? Why don't you why why aren't you just like me? Having having Matt Frewer as like jock dad was really weird. Strange choice. because <laughs> um, he does not give off that energy at no. all. No, not in the slightest. Um, um of all the people you could go with, um an option I would probably suggest is probably Christopher McDonald. Um because Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Chris McDonald's is the, he's the quintessential kind of like I mean, like in Happy Gilmore and other bits mm. and pieces, he's a kind of a jockey kind of guy, and he's, yeah. he's that sort of. So actually, even something like Requiem for a Dream, where he's just playing like just a TV host, he's still got this big, mm. yeah, popular definitely. personality, Bra yeah. brash energy. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just a very odd choice because through it, ultimately, I always see as quite, even though he's a very you know tall, mm. physically imposing dude. In the same way that in the Page Master, they have Ed Bigley Jr. playing this overbearing dad to. Um, <laughs> to Nicole Culkin and it's just like I don't I don't see it <laughs> I don't really get it yeah it's, yeah. A, it's an odd choice I can see he's a dick <laughs> but he's a dick for different reasons yeah. yeah driving a car powered by his own sense of self-satisfaction <laughs> <laughs> asshole yeah. um, sleep outside in this wooden hut I've built in a tree for you but I'm talking about Pagemaster right now yeah or ever again hopefully <laughs> well, I don't mind that film you're wrong Matthew I don't mind it yeah, I know, I heard you. <laughs> You're wrong. I don't mind it. You're so, right. wrong. It's a, I don't think there's a huge clamoring for, or, or nostalgia for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids in any way, shape or form. And again, I'm sure, as always, the internet's going to come around and say to us, uh, guys, I'm, uh, you fucked up again. <laughs> this is the best franchise of all time. Yep. Not a single down note. We're ready well, for as, this as, again. As, as, the, as the 
Honey, I Shrunk the Kids Defender. I shall sure. log on. I th- I think like with, with Shrunk, they're probably going for the um, parents going, oh, I loved that film when I was a kid, mm. showing it to their kids mm. kind of thing. Um, and, you know, you've got like... Technology we, make it good. Technology make it good. We we haven't... <laughs> there used to be like a... There was a weird spate of like size changey films. You know, you had this and Inner Space, Inner Space which, things, which yeah. was the two big ones, the kind of late 80s. Um, and then we didn't have anything for a long, long while. Uh, but now you've had the Ant-Man films. Yes. So A, Disney has that technology like down. Yeah. Um, and there is... the ant. They have Ant-Man technology. They have Literal the Ant- they have, Ant-Man yeah. technology. <laughs> They've got pin particles. Okay. Um, and it's the kind of thing where kids have seen it in Ant-Man films. So, you know, now let's do, give them a slightly more, you know, family oriented. Yeah. And, and weird enough, like Giant Ants is one of the few things I very specifically remembered from the first one. Mm-hmm. And obviously him hanging out with ants in Ant-Man. It's like, yeah. oh yeah. That's yeah. A, there are there are straight up references to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids in Ant-Man mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. Yeah. And I think that's a pretty interesting point that they would kind of harp on that. And I think that has had influence. And I think there is a little bit of nostalgia just because there's so much nostalgia for that kind of 80s period of yeah. kids' films and, and all that kind of stuff. That's the, It ties into the Stranger Things. Very much so, yeah. It kind of yes. aesthetic Yeah, as Goonies, well. all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. But for the second one, nothing, nothing. I I remember I saw them both when I was a kid, but I, I remembered almost literally nothing about the second one. The second one, apart from the Godzilla reference, which I didn't understand at the time. Well, this mm-hmm. is the thing. I genuinely think a lot of it does come down to Randall Kleiser's direction, because at the end of the day, the way that the first one is presented to you, it puts you in a world, and 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 whether it's good or bad or otherwise, you still do the thing where you feel you want to sort of get on the floor for a second and look up, and go, oh shit, things do look different. And the same mm. way, whenever I can't speak from experience, but when you have a kid, they say, right, first thing to do, get on your hands and knees and crawl around your living room, look at all the exposed wires and shit. And you're like, mm. oh fuck, <laughs> oh my god, because you don't look at that perspective, and yeah. that's that's a really interesting thing. Equally, when they have all the huge sets where they're hiding in a Lego brick, you think, oh my god, yeah, Le- of course, yeah. a Lego brick, yeah, because you do. Forget the sort of scale references. Oh, Cheerios would be huge. That mm. kind of ridiculousness. It's all quite interesting. But the way Honey, I Blew Up the Kid is shot, it's still from the human perspective of everybody. It's not from, mm. I mean, very rarely from Adam's perspective. That's and an interesting point. Yeah, so it I doesn't, really thought about yeah, that. It's yeah. always still like a huge baby running around. So it's not actually doing the same complete world shift. It's just there happens to be one unusual element in it as opposed to the entire world looks different. Yes, yeah. that was my point. I was thinking, well, I thought about it in a very different way, but you've, you've totally kind of cottoned on to one of the big problems that I had mm. watching them. Watch, I watched them both back to back in preparation for this episode. And it's very much, you feel transported in the first one. It feels like a different, you're experiencing the world. It feels like you're in another world, yes. literally. Whereas it's just everyday life with a big old baby. That's the thing. Oh, this is just normal now. Mm. And there's no super cool special effects or really mm. interesting things. Or, holy shit, there's a fucking scorpion or an ant or something like yeah. terrifying fucking Dark Souls boss looking motherfuckers hanging out <laughs> in your garden. Yeah. Oh no, it's just, here's a house. Oh, there's a giant hand reaching around the mm. door. Huh. It's not funny. See, it doesn't change your perspective as the previous one made you think, actually, yeah. I wonder what it'd be like. I this hadn't doesn't... thought of it in that kind of mm-hmm. cinematic kind of way, but I was very conscious of like, this just looks like normal life yeah. and this is boring. If you were clever about it, 
what you could do, this isn't me fixing it because it's uh, Tim's job this time, but if you were to fix it and try and tell it, and again, Adam is a tricky one. Don't change the script, but Mm -hmm. fix it kind of. Yes, if you were literally just trying to fix how it was shot and things, if the script was handed to me as it was kind of thing, I would try and, in a way, age Adam up if I could because he's too young to convey the things you need to. It's interesting because obviously he's out controls as a child. That's actually completely relatable. But try and make it a bit more attack of the 50 foot woman where you're like, how do I survive when I can't eat anything? How do mm. I figure this out? Where in the same way, like, Oh my God, you didn't think about how rain would be like a, a typhoon or a deluge mm. of water in the same way. Like, well, how do I sit down without breaking everything? How do I, and I know the film kind of sort of haphazardly dresses these things, mm. guitar, and, mm. you know, but yeah, it's that guitar scene, which they, set up with an establishing shot of the Hard Rock Cafe for about a minute. Yeah. For no five. <laughs> hey, hey, giant, giant guitar. This will be back. Don't, don't forget the giant guitar. That'll be back in like 70 minutes time. Yep. Bam, giant guitar. Nick strumming a guitar. Oh, oh, guitar fuck again. off, fuck off. There's so many unnecessary exposition establishing shots and yeah. bollocks that just drives me nuts. But that thing where he, he has that moment where he starts crying mm. and you go like, oh yeah, He's a human baby because yeah. he's just been this object of quote unquote mm. humor yes. for the last hour. And then suddenly, like you said, we get his perspective. You remember he's just doing this because he's a kid and he's trying new things. Kids pick up things. Kids break things. Mm. Kids chew things or sit on things or mm. yeah. kick stuff just to see what happens. It's them experiencing the, the world, world and yeah. understanding their senses and all this mm. kind of stuff. And you kind of go, and it, like I said, it's kind of the, the Godzilla moment where everyone kind of like squares up to him like, ah, now he's 50 feet tall. Oh my God, he's, yeah. he's the Godzilla style baby or whatever. And then the mum gets huge and that's terrible. But <laughs> that moment where he starts crying is like one of the few moments where his character actually makes sense in the entire fucking film. Yep. And suddenly he's like, oh yeah, he's a kid again. And his reaction now makes sense because the whole rest of the film, he's just like, guess I'm 10 foot tall now. Mm. Wouldn't he be freaking out he a bit? Freaks out. Yeah, he never fine. freaks out once yeah. until an hour and a half into this fucking film. Yeah. I think, like, having Adam be at the age he is is one of the major flaws of, mm. of Honey, mm. I Blew Up the Kid. Agreed. Because it's, you're essentially hinging an entire film on the performance of what is probably, like, a three-year-old playing a two-year-old. Yes. Um, and there are, especially in the opening bits, before he gets blown up, it feels like there's large chunks where it's almost like improvised oh. around how a, how how he reacts Definitely. naturally to stuff. I, I genuinely yeah. think that's also the game Moranis when he comes in and he's doing the phone call about with the babysitter with Kerry Russell yeah. and things, and then he's like, "Which ball is this? Is this is that the dog's ball? Is this your ball?" Mm. I think like, this doesn't really feel like the guy from the first film that much. And then he's just interacting with his kid, and it's mm. Moranis just doing a great fucking job. Yeah, it's like, "What do I do? I'm going to a restaurant." It's, it, like, it's uh, Rick okay. Moranis being Rick Moranis. Yeah. Rick Moranis being Rick Moranis and just mm. being a comedian mm. yep. and actually using his like improvisational skills yeah. and mm. being like, I can almost nobody else could have done that in that way and played off a kid. Very few people. They, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they were lucky to have him in that yeah. role. Yeah. To like, like you said, Matt, he's consistently good in these films and he's able to kind of balance out a lot of the shit, but yeah. you still notice the shit be like, at least you tried Rick. I appreciate <laughs> that. Yeah. Well done. Thank you for he trying to save this pile of it's dog so shit. Cause he comes out of this, quite unscathed in the same way that yeah, the rock, weirdly enough he the does, does yeah. myth films and then you go fair play to him yeah. did all right because yeah. you're trying and that's the most <laughs> important part it's it's weird to me that they um they really in the first film he's an inventor but the the 
the kind of um there's there's obviously the shrink ray and then he has kind of uh like the um message system in the house to get him down for breakfast on yes. time they really ramp all of that stuff up in the second one it, but it's and fucking it feels, wallace and gromit uh, yes yeah. it feels yes. wallace and gromit it feels uh like peewee's House. Uh, house where yeah, it's yes. like the machine that makes breakfast and all that kind of stuff and that feels like them scrambling to find other jokes well, um, the 80s was really obsessed with that stuff it, uh, post um, uh, Back to the Future mm. and thereabouts but there's like as you say Wallace and Gromit and, and he, he wears the fucking headset from Back to the Future uh, basically well, <laughs> that also reminded me it, it, it's basically the same thing he wears in uh, Ghostbusters Yes, yes yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and the thing in Wayne's World. Yes, yeah. and Christ, <laughs> it's the idea of just the science. Eighties fucking loved their big yeah. helmets. <laughs> Wayne, big hair, big helmets. Um, <laughs> but it was the idea of gadgetry. I think a part of the thing about technology becoming yeah. more in the home. It's like where sci-fi was at the time. It's yeah, like we we go through these transition periods. Like we're, we're very much you know almost like an AI kind of artificial intelligence, mm. artificial. Oh, Android's real, and blah, blah, blah. We've kind of been on that kick for a little while. Sure. We get, like, Ex Machina and the the game, like, Detroit Become Human. There's mm-hmm. a lot of kind of existential conversation about that. The 80s were just like, big fucking helmets. <laughs> They're gonna, we're gonna, somebody's going to invent something crazy, and then back to the future. Flubber, yeah. fucking everything, like, yeah. Lightning lasers, like in Tron, and fucking... Yep. Tron's this. another great example. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about that, but yeah. The, even the digital packs. download beam thing. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's sci-fi reflecting the kind of the anxieties of the age, isn't it? Correct, in a, yeah. a lot of the ways. And it, yeah, this was kind of the... the increasing, like, commodification of science yes. and stuff like that. Yeah, very much um, so. Whereas our fears now are holograms? Sure. It's, a, it's AI and it's AI assistance. Yeah, no, and just, yeah. just holograms. Blue <laughs> holograms. Every fucking film. Miku. Yeah. And the Vocaloids. Yeah. Which totally. sounds like a film from the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> Attack of the Vocaloids. <laughs> um, I, w- I want to jump back to the kind of the perspective shift we talked about. Yes. Because I have a, I have a hot take uh, mm. on, on the original um, uh, Honey, I... Uh, shrunk the kids, sure. which I've kind of tried to pull into my uh, my new pitch. As a tease Spo- for your listeners, spoilers. Mm, mm. Good. Um, so I think that they're obviously like it's it's kind of this family friendly adventure film, but I think there is a running core of it which is it's a horror film for kids. That's uh, uh, Tim. <laughs> Tim, I like you. I like you, Tim. Um, That's because, a good thinking. Yeah, because That's a good thinking. The two, the the two kind of important things are: it's the familiar made unfamiliar mm-hmm. with the perspective. Oh, look, shift. it's an ant! Ah, it's an ant! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's also about like being abandoned by your parents and mm. being like ignored and being lost. Home alone. Um, mm. Yeah, it's 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 keying into that kind of parental abandonment, like which are which are these kind of fundamental fears for kids. Correct. Um, and and I think it kind of, in a way, it's sort of this existential horror film for kids. Yeah. Um, in a way that makes it engaging and makes it timeless in a in a in a certain way. Yeah, the classic um, concept that my parents are ignoring me, and now mm. they physically ignore me because yeah. they can't see me. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. Um, and my my. Uh, proof that it is a horror film oh yeah is that um as soon as amy and russ start making out that's when the scorpion shows up because uh yes. classic ho- rules yeah yeah <laughs> that's a good point Tim. Yeah. yeah um so that's that's something that i tried to focus a little bit more on in my pitch because 
Your pitch honey... called Honey, I Blew Up the Scorpion. <laughs> Scorpion <laughs> the, King. The, the, <laughs> I was going to go for the German rock band. <laughs> Here I am. Um, because, yeah, because Honey, I Blew Up the Kids has none of that. No. Like, the in a way, the fears in that are all the parents. Like, it's, it's you know. Again, yeah. You, yeah there's a kid, shift in perspective. My, my kid is out of control kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, it's not a fear from the kid's perspective. It's a kid a fear from the adult's perspective and yeah. that's another shift there as well that doesn't necessarily work as a continuation from the first mm. one and we should we should say like the so the only kid that returns from the first film is nick yes uh, where amy shows up for Technically. about two minutes yep she literally goes hey guys i'm off to college bye yeah okay she was never seen again. Why? Why <laughs> were you in this film then? Yeah, none of the Thompsons because they've moved town. Yes. Yeah. Fine. Um, for a reason. Yeah. Is... Fro is a shitty name. Uh, <laughs> I don't uh, do fair. So is Moran is a shitty yeah. name. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So the only the only kid that returns is Nick, and he doesn't really have anything to do in this film. Like apart from there's, kidnap people. Apart in from time yeah, yeah. Um. Be a creep. Like that it wouldn't be a radically different film if he just wasn't in it. It's mostly about the baby hmm. and Rick Moranis. And then... Um, I love the way we just keep calling him Rick Moranis. Yeah. He has a character name. Wayne Zelensky. He's, he's Rick Moranis. Hang yeah. him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, I find it interesting because... Talking about the shift on the focal point, for example, in our Mummy Returns episode, we were saying, you don't need to include a kid to make it fucking relatable. Mm. We're happy with this cool character. I want to be that character. Mm. Whereas, interestingly, this is where we're going to go back on that sentence, <laughs> whereby it's like this film is about the kids having responsibility, surviving, mm. and being put into a situation they mm. cannot deal with. I don't now want to see the parents' perspective about how they have to raise a kid and their fears because I don't give a fuck. It's it's the thing of like, there's nothing wrong with having a kid as the protagonist of your movie if that's what the movie is about. You Correct. don't you don't shove a kid in there just to be. To try a present present market, yeah, yeah. Um, and Blues you... Brothers, two thousand. <laughs> like I will keep saying that until the day I die. Um, and similarly, yeah, you don't shift it to the parents when the first film has been about the kids' experience, you know. And obviously, yeah. you you keep up with the parents in um, Honey I Shrunk the Kids, yeah, of course, because that's just part of the story. Them yeah. searching, you know, it would be weird if you didn't see any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a it's mainly the kid's story. Yeah. Um, and that the second film just abandons that basically. Yeah. Which is very, very frustrating. Mm. I have a question. Because okay, um, so Honey I Shrunk the Kids I saw more recently than Honey I Blew Up the Kid. I haven't seen Honey I Blew Up the Kid in a while. I didn't okay. do, didn't do my research, just run out memory. <laughs> um and subsequent- Good job you weren't writing this one, man. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> and I Okay, so the end of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, I was confused. I watched it at a very young age, maybe about uh, eight, maybe. And I remember at the end of the thing, after the terrifying fucking ant and the terrifying mm. fucking scorpion, then I got sad that the ant died, and I was like, oh, mm. no. And just like an ant, man. Just in real life. Um, and then I remember the end scene where it's like the Christmas or Thanksgiving or some bullshit, yep. and they got like giant chicken and or turkey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't remember... Also, the... also a giant dog snack. Ah, uh, that's true. Yeah. I remember that, yeah, yeah. But I remember there being a hole in the chicken. Just because I, I don't know why. I just remember that specifically how I remember it in my head. And the problem is you sort of like warped up and thought, oh, why did they do that? Why did they go back into the garden, find the ant, 
and then enlarge him and now they're eating it because <laughs> I had a hole from where the scorpion killed that's it that's fucking dark that's how my childhood went Jesus. along and that's why I just assumed that's what happened I <laughs> crack open that sweet sweet ant juice open the carapace and reveal the sweet innards we will eat for our Sunday for weeks Jesus like, you, you said you started with I have a question Don't is your question what's, what's wrong, wrong with me, with me? <laughs> no no one can answer that my <laughs> question is how bad was my childhood <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, my problem is that with the regards to Honey, I sh- uh, Blew Up the Kid, where I specifically don't remember the premise of the problem. Wayne now works at a company, mm-hmm. and he's a fucking scientific genius who's created this world-changing yeah. technology, Correct, and nothing happens with it. They explain that. So I was going to bring this up, actually, Good, and tease in a little bit. This is going to tie into Tim's pitch a little bit as well. Sure. One of the questions I had for Tim... They actually do a reasonable job of explaining why the shrink ray technology doesn't go crazy and mm. why he doesn't tell everybody, oh, by the way, I shrunk my kids. Yes. He says, like, well, I don't want my kids to be turned into, like, science specimens. I did remember like that bit. That. That's why you didn't want Adam to be reported. And yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I agree yeah. with that. And he, point. he specifically brings that up, and I was like, oh, that's an interesting way of, like, mm. justifying him not being, you know, like, super genius kind of yep. Elon, mm. Elon Musk-type motherfucker fair. or something like that. But, um... Yeah, yeah, I thought they did that all right in Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, but mm. what's your what's your question, Matthew? Why isn't he able to transfer the technology to a different form? Why can we not? He's already proven he can shrink things and enlarge them, like the chicken. So why is it now really difficult? And why is no one listening to him? I can't remember any of that at all. Uh, um, so the it, it sort of implies that he's kind of like licensed the technology to the to this lab, yeah, um, and and is being forced to work under. Douchebag. Like the douchebag scientist. Hmm. Um, That's the name of the character. Yes. Yep. Um, and, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't really explain why, because you would think that the, I mean, in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, he kind of is giving this presentation and everyone's like, oh, it's really, you know, nice idea. Well, you know, where's your proof kind of thing. Yes. And it's like, well, no, now he can produce proof. Um, Entirely. Uh, you know, because it, even if he doesn't want to, um, report that he can do it, you know, with live people. Uh, you know, he can shrink objects, no yes, problem. Entirely. Um, so it should be that, yeah, he solves world hunger. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and all those things. Mm. Um, I think they 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 kind of sort of um hand wave. The That's what being, I thought. Yes. Being able to yeah. grow things, but yeah, because you can do like a Hank Pym. You can do the whole, even like with the Wayne Zelinsky argument, mm. his son Adam. You can do the whole thing where it says, "Yeah, world's not ready for this. Mm. They'll just make a big bomb." Uh, you could mm. do anything. It'd be yeah. like, it's like, what? What? You know, we could use. Mm-hmm. You could. We, we could make our nukes bigger. It's like, mm. don't, don't do that. Yeah. Um. But then also or realize shrink the nukes and then blow them up later. Re big them. <laughs> re big them. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I'm not going to get into the science of it because uh, the classic science is always like the way Atman covers perfectly is always, how do they breathe now that oxygen's bigger than them? And like, <laughs> well, oxygen itself, you yeah. know what I mean? And it's like, oh yeah, insta-death. Yep. <laughs> How's the baby right up there in the tiny... <laughs> the thin atmosphere. Thin atmosphere really of, thin up there. Atmosphere. Yeah. How, it, but then it, I, <laughs> I still maintain they should have shot this like Pacific Rim whereby you do have a human story, but when it comes to big story, it's big, big time. Mm. And you film it as if that's the perspective. It's big, big time. Big, big time. The movie. <laughs> big, the, big, baby, big, baby. Baby, 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 time. The, the, the theme tune is Peter Gabriel, big time. Um, 
But interestingly, recently I remember watching a fairly eh film, unfortunately, but still reasonably good. It was three different films in one in a weird way. Downsizing. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. That did it rather well, the whole shrinky thing again. Mm. Um, because it, and it, then gets weird and dark. and Very yeah. political and very yeah. Yeah. E- e- um, ecological messages and things yeah. like that. It did it fine. Um, I think there's a lot of interesting concepts there. It's funny in places, but not really a comedy in that regard. Um, but uh, I'm very Alexander Payne. But um, yeah, I think to figure this one out, to fix this one, there's a few things I'd like to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, we'll see what Tim's brought to the table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so before we get into uh, fixing... Before you get into fixing. Before I get into fixing. Mm. Honey, I blew up the kid. Um, Slash baby. We should uh, should thank our sponsor, uh, which is Stitcher Premium. Um, uh, It's a fantastic platform for listening to podcasts dedicated to the art of podcastery. Um, (laughs) That's uh, their slogan, I believe. Yes, I I believe so. Stitcher, (laughs) dedicated to the art of podcastery. Um, And with Stitcher Premium, you get to listen to some of your favourite shows ad-free and also get access to... Uh, completely original content, um, podcasts, and comedy albums, um, bonus episodes, loads of um, uh, kind of an original like sort of audio drama type stuff. And uh, yeah, thanks to our sponsorship. Uh, If you go to stitcher.com slash premium and enter the code sequelizers, uh, then you can get a month free of Stitcher Premium, which normally costs $4.99, uh, that's dollars uh, for a month, or you can get an annual package of thirty four ninety nine a year. Because like um, those hit those prices with a shrink ray, isn't it? That's amazing, amazing value. Fucking hell, Jack! <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you walked in like a baby with a door just to deliver us that. <laughs> yeah, I've been saving that for like three minutes at this point. I fix it. <laughs> no, you can't, Jack. No, no. Um, yeah, and and you get access to this huge library of content, like massive archive of of shows to listen to and there's new stuff constantly being uh updated uh show that i um really like uh given that we're talking about science and technology and taking a scientific approach to things in the world of tomorrow um is a, a show called the dream mm. um which kind of uh it sort of examines uh get rich quick schemes um, oh, and it does it from a um uh, uh it's done in seasons so the first season was looking at like these kind of multi-level marketing schemes but the current one is looking at like the wellness fads and basically how a lot of it's bollocks and like you can't cure your chronic illnesses with magnets yeah is it like a exposing or just but from a, a purely neutral scientific point of view or? yeah kind of exposing the the kind yeah. of the tricks that people you know these these oh, kind of companies use and the the uh the sham solutions that they offer um and yeah it's a it's a fascinating but also kind of terrifying uh look at that world yeah um hmm. which is yeah my my recommendation for this week i might check that out it's, I, I do like a bit of um say for example like darren brown trying mm. to expose mediums by saying no this is all cold reading yeah and, and microphones and say oh what how do you explain this with this yeah is nothing fancy about it and i suppose that's the thing with with spiritualism and all that sort of stuff with supernatural mm. you also have the science equivalent of saying well if you try this high cow low fat 
super sugar diet. Yeah. You can eat as much of this as you want. Like, any diet that says you can eat as much of this as you want, <laughs> fuck off. Yeah. It's kind of ha- halfway between that and um, your kind of uh, last week tonight type, oh. uh, you know, a deep dive into yeah. a subject. Uh, that, Interesting. That uh, unfortunately is screwing over a bunch of people. Yeah. Um, I'm all about the debunking of bollocks and calling out of charlatans. That's yes. A, it's a very much a passion of mine on the internet. It's something <laughs> I've I've championed for many years. Mm. And I literally just, just checked out their, literally one of the episodes is magnets. How do they work? <laughs> Fucking you motherfuckers. I love being an insane clown posse reference. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I wholeheartedly endorse your yeah. recommendation. Yeah. And so, it. yeah, if you're interested in Good checking choice. that out, uh, go to stitcher.com slash premium and use uh, offer code sequelizers to get a discount. Yeah. You're going to blow up some kids, Tim? <laughs> Um, <laughs> Neil got a spit take out. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to gargle. And he went, blop kids, Tim. I have uh, the Rotten Tomato scores for a handful of things. There is no Rotten Tomatoes for the Honey I Shrunk the Kids TV series, which ran three seasons. Good. So I can't give you that. There's no Rotten Tomato score for the Honey I Shrunk the Audience. Makes sense. Makes sense. So we're just doing the original three. Makes sense. Um, <laughs> just be like, I've got the TripAdvisor score for that. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I did try looking at alternatives of what I could use. Like, <laughs> audience that opinion translate to Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. And then thought, no, nah, I'm not going to bother because don't need it. I'll give you my opinion. Uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the TV series, uh, I'd say is a 67% on mm. Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Honey, I Shrunk the Audience is a 74%. It's quite fun. Okay. Okay. So there bear, you go. bear those numbers in mind for the perspective of the rest of the series. Anything with this, that's my <laughs> opinion. What, Matt just made them up. Yeah, so damn right. Matter. So, honey, I shrunk the kids. Yeah. Honey, I blew up the kid. Honey, we shrunk ourselves. Oh, let's hear it. I, mm. as as a as a enjoyer of the original, I am going to defender go, and enjoyer. A defender and enjoyer. Defender. That's the title of your memoir. Yeah. Um, I'm <laughs> going to go with a solid. 80 oh. for Honey, I, I was, I was thinking something similar. So. Okay, okay. Okay. Jack, what do you think? For the, the I got first? 82. What's, what's going to be my thinking? Okay. Do you want Do you want the others now? As yeah, well? no, give me okay. all the others. I'm going to go back to I think we've got a fairly standard sequelizers drop on the second one. Agreed. Um, Agreed. Um, I think we're looking at about... Mm, Should we steal them in numbers, Tim? Let's say 45 oh. for Blew Up the Kid. I'm going lower. I'm going 32. I'm going for the classic sequelizers, 50% drop off. <laughs> 82 to 32. Okay. And then... Ourselves. Not, not, not having seen Honey, yeah, We Shrunk gonna, Ourselves. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I'm going to say... Not a fucking clue. Better than Blew Up. Oh, interesting. I'm going to guess, let's say 50 for that. Okay. So better, but not that much better. Yeah. Okay. Marginally better. I know absolutely nothing about the third one. Mm. I have no idea whether it's considered better or the worse or about the same. The premise is that Wayne shrinks himself and his wife and his brother and his wife because he's trying to shrink a tiki statue in the living room and they have to go around the house as shrunk people. So it's basically the first one we get with adults. Okay. But they can't, because obviously they have to fix the situation themselves because... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds riveting. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go lower. I'm going to be bold. 25. Okay. Uh, this week, oh, just barely, just about, goes to Tim. Yeah. yeah. Only just. 
The first one you said 80 and 82 respectively. Mm, it is 75%. Okay. I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. I know some people say it's a bit low, but I'm okay with it. Yeah. 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 It's in the ballpark. That's fine. Mm. You guys are entirely on point with it. It is a complete drop. Yep. Um, it goes, again, we have 45 and 32 respectively. It goes down to 40. Oh, wow. Okay. It, almost, it almost splits it to the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, so. just towards... Just as it him. Yep. Forty um, percent. I think again about right. Maybe a bit generous. Mm. Yeah. I I I I guessed it would be that, but yeah. To be honest, it should be lower. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. And Hanoi Shrek ourselves fifty and twenty-five. Um, Jack got it on the nose. Oh wow. Oh, wow. Twenty-five. It's worse. Fucking and hell. It, again, I'd probably say a bit generous. Twenty, wow. fifteen, maybe. Wow. It's, it's shite. It's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Um. Yeah, yeah, I think that it's uh, generally, again, critics and things. But again, it's the nature of audiences. I don't know if audience give a shit, yeah. ever. I don't know if... It, I mean, yes, there, uh, Tim's entirely correct. There is now a precedent because of Ant-Man and everything else and other things going back to a, a shrunken inner mm. world that Disney always seems to be... Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think Disney likes the idea of it possibly because of the idea of, oh, adults feel like kids again. You mm. can be smaller than usual when you go to Disneyland and all the things are big and larger yeah. than life. And that is the audience if you're tar- targeting the nostalgia for yeah, the yeah. original film then you've got the you can be a kid again it's like oh, i can be a kid again mm. and experience my favorite films from the 80s yay yeah. Yeah. i think you could easily do another new ride if shrunk was big enough in the, or fuck, say big enough big enough if, huh? Huh? if it huh? was enough of a success fiscally a big, a big and su- culturally and in size sense in the sense of size in terms of puns matthew no I yes puns. Puns. I it's a big um, success <laughs> But I'd like to. I would be interested to see them do a ride, which is a combination of the technology we have now with um, that. Th- you don't have to be a set audience sit in the exact mm. same seat forward forty thing, but a forty experience on a, like a rafting ride where you go down in like a big bottle a cap rafting. or something. Mm. Yeah, 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 like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. like, like a Jurassic Park ride, yeah. but with giant ants and shit. But then you could do the the hologram sort of three D stuff. Why is it with you and holograms? Hey, holograms! <laughs> but I use them in my own things as well because culturally everyone does. Um, holograms are the, the, the thing that's going to age all the 2010s. And to be fair, all the 2000s. Yeah, probably. Since Minority yeah. Report, I yeah. think. Mm. No, I, I think it's because the, th- the truth is that it's technology that looks cool on film. It's mm. completely impractical. Have you ever looked at the actual realism of trying to look at those things? You can't focus on anything because there's no hard back to it. It's actually really, it's like looking at like, you know, acetate paper or something. Mm. I can't focus on the words because the background is transparent really fucking irritating so it's it's pure technology made for tv and film and mm. when we get to 10 15 20 years later we're looking back and same we do with like tron legacy tron, sorry tron not tron legacy tron and, and honey from the kids and like this is dumb mm. why would they why did they think this would be the technology of the future it's like how i feel like every uh tv show about uh with a kind of smarter than average protagonist mm. uh is going to be uh, from the kind of the mid mid 2000s to now mm. it's going to be identifiable by although they've got a transparent whiteboard of course yeah <laughs> like that, that's not helpful <laughs> no stupid and uh, in the same way that in the 90s everyone thought vr was gonna be the big thing and mm. vr did come back in a way but yeah let's see how tim's gonna tim, how are you gonna fix this film well i'm not just gonna fix this film oh what what does that mean? I'm also going to fix some theme parks while I'm at it. Oh, what? Tim, I, I'm what? so glad you said that. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Audience, we're going to find out together. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of tackle that in the follow-up. But um, Okay, okay. Yeah. I love your twists and turns of the follow-ups, Tim. <laughs> Building the dark universe 15 years earlier than mm, it should have been and yeah. all this cool stuff. I'm excited. I like it. Um, so, yeah, so... Uh, 
I, I've gone for a pretty radical shift in premise. Um, but... Uh, As in tubular radical 90s? Oh, yes. Yeah. Turtles! Yeah. Love it. Honey, I shrunk the turtles. Um, oh, or blue, I guess they, they're blown up, yeah, in yeah. a way. They're, they're, they're ooze enlarged. <laughs> ooze you know, enlarged. If you, if you know what I mean. Thank you, the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Don't Google that, listen. <laughs> Don't have to. Um, yeah, so I, I've... Uh, Changed changed the premise of the film fairly significantly, so it's no longer "Honey, I Blew Up the Kid" or "Baby," whichever you would care for. Okay, I'll go for the baby. Thank you. It's "Honey, I Forgot the Kids." Oh, interesting. Oh, okay, so much. You, you mentioned the theme of a kind of ne- neglect and stuff. Yeah, it's very yeah, much. Yeah. A, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, uh, we're sticking with the same year, nineteen ninety-two. Mm. Um, director, I've brought back Joe Johnson. Okay. Okay. Um, from the original, he's just done the Rocketeer. I fucking love Rocketeer. Mm, yeah. Um, and we've talked about the Rocketeer a couple of times on yeah. the show. Every time we're just like, mm, yeah, I love good, the Rocketeer. Good yeah, yeah, good, good, good. See, Randall Kleiser. I know we didn't talk about this too much. It's just going to be very briefly. Randall Kleiser is an interesting choice because if you say, if it was a sequelizer's moment, you say mm. he's the guy who did the flight of the Navigator, and you go, oh, mm. yeah, that could work. That could have worked. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Didn't. No. Um, I did have. I did have a couple of alternatives. Yes. Um, that I thought of. Uh, one was uh, Stephen Herrick, mm-hmm. who did the original Bill and Ted film. Yep. Ah, um, yes. And also, so we, we would push back production on this a year if we had him, because uh, in 1992, he's releasing Mighty Ducks. Yep. Um, another, you know, classic Disney film. Live action Live Disney, action, Disney 90s, that, yeah. That we'll, we'll probably come back to that at some point as well. Yeah. Um, uh, it would unfortunately mean he can't make the Keitha Sutherland uh, version of Three Musketeers, but I think we'll survive without oh, that. That's, but that's my favourite. <laughs> how, how are the world going to survive without Hang on. Keith Sutherland, Three Musketeers? Musketeers. Keitha Sutherland, Oliver Platt, Charlie Sheen and Chris O'Donnell. Is that right? I think, yeah, fuck that's it. the hell. one. Piece of shit. Problem for another day. Sorry to go. Um, and the other alternative I had, um, and this would be just before he makes Babe, is George Miller. George oh, fucking Miller. Interesting. Because Mad Max is George Mad Miller. Mad Max yeah. is George Miller, but he's just about to go into his kids' film phase because he does both uh, does he do both the babe films? Yeah, does both yeah, yeah, I think he yeah. does, yeah. And then he does Happy Feet as well. Yes, yeah. um, can we can we take a little sideline to say what an amazing career and yeah. trajectory George Miller's Miller has. What a weird fucking guy, but what a hero. Yeah. <laughs> just imagine if we'd got his Justice League film. Oh, just mm. imagine if he realizes or listens to this podcast in fact mm. and thinks you know those boys are right we haven't seen round the twist in a long time <laughs> i should bring it back amazing sign me up do it george although thinking about it the uh the great like nanny character in that's quite possibly dead now oh we have to do recasting if we didn't people <laughs> but then you know he'd find some great people yeah um these were good chats i mean i can see yeah. why they'd be alternatives yeah um i would have not assumed because he's busy working on oh 92 and death becomes her around this time but robert zemeckis might be another one of the yeah interesting yeah, sort of shout but johnson yeah. just carrying on with what he's bound before makes sense mm-hmm. I'm, i have no problem with that personally um patrick h willems who's a, a great film youtuber yes uh just did a great video uh about he robert, did robert zemeckis's career which was uh Sombre. a fascinating yeah. one yeah he he would work well for this as well actually yeah yeah, yeah. so returning cast Yes. We have uh, Rick Moranis oh, as Wayne God. Zielinski. Thank, you said you were shaking things up. I was worried. <laughs> no. Uh, we have Marsha Strassman as Diane Zielinski. Okay. Yep. yep. She's always been very reliable. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and uh, Robert Oliveri as Nick Zielinski. How, uh, how creepy it going to get, Tim? 
not creepy. Yay, carry Yay. on. Um, we are also bringing back Matt Frewer as Russ Thompson Sr. Okay, so the yep. Thompsons are coming back. Yep. Okay. Kristen Sutherland, Buffy's mum, yep. as Mae Thompson. Mm-hmm. Not Kiefer Sutherland. No. Okay. And uh, Jared Rushton as Ron Thompson, the, yep. the younger yep. of the two siblings. So we're not bringing back the older kids? No, I've jettis- jettisoned them. Um, they're not even mentioned in this, but we would very much do the they're off to college single line. Yeah. You know. This is the thing that I know audiences might jump in on us here because we've said about the whole like, they give like a point in a scene at the start. Why mm. never do that? Why is it not leave mm. them in at all? And then in other films, we're like, they didn't even give them like a consolatory scene. Like, oh, well, hey, you buy your leave kind of thing. They were nothing more than a throwaway line. Yeah. Yeah, you can't it, really win. It's very but... hard to get a right tone for it. But if they're not going to affect the script, you can just say, yeah, they're not here. That's that's yep. the thing. I thought about having having them in at certain points. Kill but the pace. It, but it was, it was just, there's no need for them here. Yeah. Um, and like it's just... the first 10 minutes of the actual film where yeah. she's just there for no reason. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, new cast. Here we go. We're sticking pretty close to uh, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, actually. Okay. So we have Kerry Russell as Mandy Park. So returning cast. How so, different. But, but yes. recast in a different role, I no, guess. I like yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, no, no creepy creepies? No creepy creepies good, good, in good. this. Very much avoiding that. Good, good, good. Um, I thought she was she was fine. She doesn't get a lot to do in Honey, no, I Blew Up the Kid. No, she's very It's very just dense. like scream, yeah. mostly. Yeah, yeah. generic um, 80s teenager. But, you know, we know... She can be a. She's a great actress now, so you know yeah. I'm sure she'll be a fine kid actress. She was already doing the Mickey Mouse Club at this time and and various other things. So uh, she's got mm. the Disney connections already. That makes yep. sense. Yeah. 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 Um, also, John Shay as mm. Doctor Hendricks. Mm-hmm. Like a bit John Shay. Good choice. Yes. Yep. 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 To me, will be uh, one of the iconic Lex Luthers. Agreed. Lois and Clark. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then in in quite a minor role. As security chief Rodan, we have a Michael Rooker. Oh, I love a bit of Rooker. Are we sure it isn't Rodan and it's in fact a Godzilla thing? <laughs> I'm, I'm just Godzilla fan. And he's like, he's playing Rodan. <laughs> Old choice, Tim. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> um, yeah. So he is. Uh, he's done just done JFK and Days of Thunder around this time. Very unknown gonna, sort of supporting stuff in there yeah mostly so i mean he he had his kind of breakout with um henry portrait of serial killer which was yes, back in the yes. sort of 80... mid like 84 or something about that yeah i want to say um but yeah he's mostly doing like supporting roles in kind of yes. dramas and stuff he's about to do uh cliffhanger and tombstone yeah. um but yeah um he's... And the, the audience might know him from the walking dead who's merlin walking dead and obviously guardians of the galaxy yes he's, he's a very yeah. strong Yondu supporting and independent individual and again yeah. once he latched on with certain careers and obviously working with James Gunn and Slither and things like that mm. he's like yeah rocked into public but he's yeah. always like oh that guy yeah he's so distinct so yeah. yes yes he's yeah. a great character actor that just kind of pops up being like oh Michael Rooker's in this that's yeah. cool yeah you know he's going to put in a good performance but he won't be the star of the show but he'll, no. he'll maybe steal no. a scene or two yeah nice and yeah. again literally just the words security chief I'm like yes yep this, <laughs> is, this is good it's a Tough bastard. Like, yep, that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. He's he's the kind of person who, if you were a kid and he's the person like grabbing your shoulder to oh, su- yeah. um, you know, Absolutely. walk you out of the, the shopping mall that you're in, you're like, Oh, I'm not gonna mess with this guy. He if I had to do a back to the future remake, I'd make him Strickland. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm with you. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yep. But yeah, that's 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 all the cast. Cool. So we'll get into the pitch. I'm excited. Let's get stuck in, shall we? We join the Zelinskis and the Thompsons three years after the events of the original. 
Wayne's size-changing technology has taken off and made him a successful scientist working at Sterling Labs. Aha. Mm -hmm. Primary change number uno. <laughs> yep. That's interesting. So you're not you're not writing off and, oh, we didn't tell them about anything. Yeah. Like, oh, hmm. He's a scientist. He's still going to be a scientist. scientist. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Uh, Russ Senior has also joined Sterling as a sales executive and is enjoying his higher paying position. Wayne is working alongside Dr. Hendrickson, an ambitious scientist who is pushing Wayne to find new applications for the technology. Wayne and Russ Senior wrap up work for the day, bid each other a happy weekend in the car park, and then we follow them across Fresno to their new homes, which are still next door to each other. So they're not mm. going to Vegas. Nope. Thank okay. God for that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sticking in Fresno. And also, I completely forgot to mention, they didn't uh, like go, oh, we got the kids back from the garden. Fantastic. Fuck me. Put a baby in me. <laughs> and then suddenly... <laughs> <laughs> and then the baby's born and we call him Adam. Yeah. So there's no Adam. Good. Right. No. It's moving day for both families and Diane Zielinski is busy instructing movers while she finalizes details on the paperwork for both houses. Meanwhile, Mae Thompson is introducing herself to the upper middle class neighbors and pitching them on Toughware, a Tupperware style pyramid scheme she has become a part of. Quark runs from adult to adult, seemingly trying to get their attention, but they're all busy attending to the move. As Quark returns to his dog cushion, we pan over to a checklist with Collect Kids, notably not crossed out. Across town at his junior high school, Nick leaves the library and, looking at his fancy high-tech watch, realises his father has forgotten to pick him up. As he makes his way home, a gang of older teens on BMXs, classic <laughs> fuckers, start to pick on him. But they scatter when they le the leader is hit in the head with a baseball thrown by Ron Thompson. Baseball's like, getting out of problems. Didn't have a Ron Thompson. Ron like, Thompson. <laughs> like he's Ron Swanson. No, it's just like Hero's Entrance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Imagine like hands on hips. Ron Thompson. Ron Thompson. <laughs> I started the whole last film and got your technology working. You're welcome. Exactly. <laughs> Ron consoles Nick, who says he's sure things will go easy when he's in high school the next year. Ron replies with an unsure, yeah. That's how high school works, right, guys? <laughs> yeah, sure Everything yeah. will be fine. Things get easier. Yeah. yeah. He's in a recruiting, like, a, a, a war film. Yeah. It gets better every day, right, mister? Sure, kid. <laughs> that is a sure kid. The street <laughs> bullet comes on, catching the face. Oh, well. I'm Ron Thompson. Another one bites the dust. I'm <laughs> Ron Thompson. The boys continue their walk home, with Nick explaining that he thinks he's discovered something important about his dad's shrinking technology, but his parents are so busy nowadays that they never listen when he tries to get their attention. Ron counters that he made the school's baseball team, but his parents are so busy, they haven't even made it to one of his games this semester. Ugh, fucking hook. <laughs> fucking parents. The boys make it to their old houses, now mostly empty. Ron finds an old box of Cheerios and begins snacking, offering them to Nick, who says he can't eat those anymore. Hey, there yeah. we go. <laughs> Traumatising. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Ron replies that if Nick is hungry, he has a slice of his mum's disgusting meatloaf in his bag, <laughs> sealed in one of her Tuffware boxes. I like the subway thing because that also feels like reminds me of the episode of Erie, Indiana where they, the, yep. the kids will live forever and they're sealed in a giant Tupperware. It feels on brand for this kind of It era. really does. Yeah, absolutely. Tim, you're striping the right tone already. As they wait for the parents on the back porch of the former Zielinski house, Ron asks Nick what it is he thinks he's discovered about the shrinking technology. Using a Star <laughs> Trek style metaphor... Well done, Tim. Well done. <laughs> Matt approves. <laughs> You're trying to win over Matt there, like using a Star Trek terminology. Like, yep, well, yep, yep. I, this is a perfect fix. I don't know what it is. <laughs> using a Star Trek style metaphor, Nick explains that when they use the rays to enlarge things, current physics suggests the change should be unstable and collapse. The fact that this doesn't happen means that the rays must be drawing extra mass from somewhere else, possibly another dimension. Q Beastie Boys. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 
Taking Ron upstairs to the attic, Nick unpacks one of the boxes to show him how he's modified his dad's original shrinking ray to see if he can prove his theory. Ron asks if Nick needs him to throw a baseball at it again to get it to work. Yep. But Nick replies that unfortunately, that doesn't usually work. The boys are interrupted by a noise downstairs. Expecting their parents, they discover it's Dr. Hendrickson, who claims he was there to wish the Zelenskys a good moving day. He asks mm, if he could... Uh, so special. <laughs> uh, classic. But that is, again, it's a nice time for the kids' film. It's like, it's like adult, you shouldn't be here. I'm just doing adult things. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> that is so accurate. Oh, my God. I hadn't thought of it that it's way. Like, huh. I guess he might you be doing kids, adult things. Don't worry about me. I'm doing... Adulting things. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a thing grown-ups do? I guess. Sure, <laughs> probably. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I tell I was, kids to fuck off. <laughs> I, was, I was busy throwing rocks at a satellite dish. <laughs> <laughs> he asks if he could see the attic where Wayne first had his breakthrough, and while there, notices the ray that Nick has been tinkering with. He offers to carry it downstairs, but Nick says he doesn't need help, packing the items away in a box. Hendrickson tries to grab it, and he, Nick, and Ron briefly struggle for the device before a blast of energy shoots out, and Nick and Ron vanish. Uh-oh. Shit, son. Shocked, Hendrickson runs downstairs with the box and jumps in the car, <laughs> speeding away with it in the front seat. What a child-murdering twat. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't gone far when there's another flash of energy, and he too vanishes, his car rolling to a stop and knocking over some garbage cans. Nick and Ron find themselves in what appears to be the attic, but it is decorated differently, like a teenage girl's bedroom. Oh. Wondering what has happened, Nick suggests that his... I thought, I thought there was no creepies, too. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all so small. And I, she's I, just come in the room. Oh, no. I, I put that on you, that you automatically find teenage girls' bedrooms creepy. <laughs> I, no, no, if I'm in there, it's, it's pretty creepy. creepy. <laughs> I'm nearly 30. Nick and Ron creeping, yo. Uh, uh, they're regular size, right? Yes, regular size. So it's creepy. Uh, Is that more or less creepy? I don't know anymore. <laughs> Depending on their size. <laughs> if you come engorged, it's creepy. Oh, <laughs> honey, I engorged the teens. <laughs> <laughs> that is the porn parody. So we're writing a new pitch. We're scrapping yours, Tim. Porn yeah, parody. It's porn parody, yeah. <laughs> Wondering what has happened, Nick suggests that his theory was right and they've been blasted into a parallel universe. As Ron is asking how they're meant to get back, a teenage girl enters the bedroom and all three yell in surprise. Ron manages to calm her down and the two boys explain that they've been zapped there from another universe. The girl, who introduces herself as Mandy, says that sounds like something from one of Dr. Zelinsky's lectures. Oh, huh. Dr. Zelinsky, eh? Nick exclaims that it made sense that they would have counterparts here too, so all they need to do is find his dad and get him to send them home. Mandy offers to help the pair across town if it means she gets to meet Dr. Zelinsky, who she considers a role model. When Ron laughs at this idea, Nick says that it makes sense that this world has some small differences, and perhaps his dad is actually well-known here. Mandy says that well-known is a bit of an understatement as she opens the front door, revealing a futuristic version of the Boyd's suburban street. Sign me up for this, Tim. This sounds hilarious. So <laughs> yep. Far. It feels like I've stepped a little bit into maybe a Zim's sort of like world. Yes. And it's Dib's dad. <laughs> <laughs> Solar panel arrays collect energy in front of gardens. Flying cars drift down the streets and overhead. Flying saucer-style vehicles whiz in the distance. A large floating billboard proclaims, Another beautiful day in Tomorrowland, formerly Fresno. Sponsored by Zelintec. Ron turns to Nick and says, So some small differences, huh? Hmm. Tim, I don't like that small pun, which implies possibly a shrunk pun. <laughs> it's probably not, but we can change it to minor. Thank you, Tim. That's all the fixes I need. <laughs> so those differences have been shrunk, huh? What? No, that doesn't work. <laughs> 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 
Back in the main universe, Wayne remembers that he needs to pick up Nick and rushes to the school. Finding that Nick is long gone, he attempts to activate a homing beacon in Nick's watch. Of course he does. Yep. <laughs> Google track. Yep. Uh, but discovers that it is not working. Calling up the beacon's last known signal, he heads to their old house, but is unable to find any trace of them. Worried, he calls Diane and the Thompsons and finds out that Ron is missing too. Sweet. Sweet Ron. Sweet Ron Thompson. Ron Thompson. <laughs> Athletic hero. All-round good guy. In Tomorrowland, Nick and Ron marvel at the transformed city as they travel by monorail towards Zalintech Labs. Monorails! Monorails. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the transport of the future that will never happen. <laughs> Basically just trams on sticks, pretty much. <laughs> Mandy explains that about 15 years ago, Dr. Zelinsky discovered his shrinking technology and it led to a huge number of technological advances. Fresno became a hub for scientific innovation, and they're even building a new spaceport ready for the first manned mission to Mars. Jesus Christ. So they're 30 to 40 years ahead of our timeline, mm. if not more. If you have shrink intelligence, yeah. technology, it makes yeah, that's sense. Impressive. Yeah. Nick peppers Mandy with questions about all the new technology he sees, and she's only too happy to share her knowledge, saying that she plans on going to Mars as an astronaut one day. Ooh, okay. A woman! <laughs> I was going to say, I like that you've, you've straight away made... Kerry Russell's character, a complete first of all, a completely different character, but given her something to talk about and something to do, and she's not just, hey, teenage <laughs> girl in bikini. She's also a scientist. She's interested in science yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Good. Nice. Nicely done, Tim. After a few diversions to encounter some of the tech marvels downtown, arcades with holographic video games, a low-gravity basketball court, and a robot dog. <laughs> because, of course, there's a robot dog. Arf. <laughs> quark. Yeah, oh, it would quark, wouldn't it? <laughs> The trio arrive at Zelintech Labs. They ask to see Dr. Zelinsky, but are told he's busy. When Nick says he's Zelinsky's son, the receptionist scoffs at him, saying that Zelinskys don't have any children. He's sterile! <laughs> <laughs> His wife's All been that shrinking radiation. <laughs> I mean, yeah, potentially, yeah. Just then, Ron spots his parents walking through the lab reception. He races up to them, asking for help, but they don't recognise him. Before they can do anything else, the kids are escorted from reception by Rodan. That is... Michael Rooker. That's Rodan. Yes. The hand on the hand on the corner. Yeah, yeah the hand on the, is, yeah. on the shoulder. That works. The lab's chief of security, and they're no closer to getting home. In our universe, the Zelinskys and the Thompsons have gathered in the attic as Wayne scans the area with his instruments. <laughs> Big helmet, ready yeah. scanning. Yeah, PT yeah. meter thing. Yeah. Wayne detects traces of radiation similar to his size changing rays. Pin kind of radiation that makes you sterile. <laughs> <laughs> Pin particles, if you will. Following the radiation trail and a barking quark, the four parents find Hendrickson's abandoned car and the box containing the modified shrink ray. And again, I like the whole back to quark knows what's going on. Yeah. Because yep. he's blatantly their actual child who got turned into a dog in a previous experiment. <laughs> the oldest. <laughs> the oh oldest my God. Child. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's, that's why he's like, it's dark. He's after the cat, sees yeah. the kids. Yep. He's the one that hears the kids. Not because of a super dog hearing, because he's a human who got fucked up as well. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> In Tomorrowland, Hendrickson is also wandering near Zalintech Labs, marvelling at the technology. He interacts with a robotic guide, learning about the history of this parallel timeline, and begins stealing examples of the city's advanced tech, planning to take them back to the main universe and pass them off as his own inventions. Dick. Classic. Nearby, the three kids are getting food in a high-tech diner. Ron is keen to figure out their next move, but Nick is distracted. As Ron tries to spur him into finding a solution to their problems, Nick snaps at him, saying that this universe shows that their parents would be happier without them around. Ah, uh, no, I like that classic sort of kid's fear. It's like, 
it's, it's the hook mindset before you came They'll along. They'll be happy without you. They were happy. They yeah. have conversations and steps like, you know, whatever time in the morning just to watch the sunrise and then you came along. It's almost like it's a wonderful life as well. Yeah. It's like, yeah. See, look, they could have been so happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Or an insane clown posse song. <laughs> or not. <laughs> All right, fine. Hall's Evolutions, that's what I'm saying. Stop it with the ICP <laughs> references, Matthew. Jesus Christ. We're involving science and the magnets. Ma- the makeup what? is enough, Matthew. <laughs> Ron says, that's not true. And Nick replies that, that without him and Amy to distract him, his dad was clearly able to perfect his shrinking tech nearly 15 years earlier. As for the Thompsons, they both look pretty successful and happy, and neither of them recognise Ron. Clearly hurt, Ron says that maybe Nick prefers a world of science and no family, but he's planning to get back to the real world, with or without his help. The two argue until Mandy is able to calm them down. Frustrated, Ron throws his baseball at the diner wall, and the trio are shocked when the ball ricochets off wildly, sparking with yellow electricity and then exploding. <laughs> the baseball again <laughs> solves the problems. Chased from the diner by an angry waitress, the three kids head to a small park. Mandy theorises that because the atoms in the ball weren't transformed by the shrink rate, merely transported there, they're not suited to this universe. The two boys realise that they are also in danger and need to return home now. Together with Mandy, they decide to break into Zillintech Labs and use the tech there to find a way to get home. While Ron looks for a way to cause a distraction, Nick and Mandy are left alone. They bond over their love of science before Ron returns with a plan. Three of the low gravity belts from the basketball court. The trio blend in with a tour group and get close to the staff entrance gates when they are spotted by security chief Roden. Activating their low gravity belts, they jump and bounce their way past him, leading Roden and the other security guards on a chase through the lab. Ron separates from Nick and Mandy and manages to lead the guards through a clean room, trapping them. He is celebrating his success when he's grabbed by Hendrickson, who has also snuck into the lab. Hendrickson attempts to lock him in a supply cupboard, but Nick and Mandy arrive and Nick throws something at Hendrickson's head, giving all three of the kids time to slip away. Back in the main universe, the parents have returned to Sterling Labs, where Wayne is trying to find where Nick and Ron have vanished to. Examining the modifications that Nick made to his shrink ray, Wayne spins out dozens of theories, but has no idea which one of them is correct. Diane helps him calm down and focus, reminding him that he designed Nick's watch, so he'd never lose him again, and he can make something that will do the same here. Hearing this, Wayne has a moment of realisation. I like that. I like that it makes sense why he'd have a tracking device on his kid. Like, yeah. Yeah. Might happen again. <laughs> yeah. Makes complete sense. At Zelinsk Labs, the kids make it to the main shrink ray lab, where they encounter Dr. Zelinsky, this universe's version of Wayne. Mandy begins to geek out, but is quietened down by Ron as Nick steps forward to meet Dr. Zelinsky, who asks what they're all doing there. Nick says they are there to get home and asks Dr. Zelinsky if he recognizes him at all. Zelinsky wonders aloud if Nick is one of Cousin Louis's kid. Louis's kids. Louis? Louis? Up to you. So Louis? Who cares? Uh, Louis. Louis, yes. yeah. So, Louis from Ghostbusters? That is the reference, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Zelensky wonders aloud if Nick is one of Cousin Louis's kids, but as he looks in Nick's eyes, realisation seems to cross his face. However, at that moment, he is hit by a taser blast by Hendrickson, who has also made his way to the lab. Hendrickson forces the kids into a corner and begins to programme the shrink ray to send him home. Nick and Ron try to warn him that taking items from here back to their home universe is dangerous, but they both grow quiet when they notice that they're beginning to produce sparks, just like Ron's baseball. Hendrickson tells Nick that he is clearly a smart boy, but not smart enough, and that he has set the shrink ray computer to erase all data once he's sent himself home, trapping Nick and Ron there. The kids try to stop him, but Hendrickson activates the ray and vanishes. Uh Mm Uh-oh. The villain accomplishes the mission. I like it. Mm -hmm. I like it. Nick and Maddie rush to the console, but find that Hendrickson was telling the truth. Ron and Nick continue to spark and start to panic, 
when Mandy notices that Nick's watch is flashing. Realising it's Morse code, Ron translates it to Dad is here, and we cut to the main universe, where Wayne has wired his homing beacon into the lab computers and the modified shrink ray. Nick does the same, connecting his watch, and the two are able to type to each other. Nick explains the situation and Wayne comes up with a plan. Explain the shrink ray's particle analyzer should be able to scan an object and chart a path back to their home universe, but they'll need a sample that has been protected from the ambient radiation of the Tomorrowland universe <laughs> by dense polymers, ideally something biological. That's some Tron-ass scanning with the rays. Mm, yeah, I, yep, like yep. I like it. Nick and Mandy frantically run through ideas and realize that nothing Nick has with him is suitable when Ron clears his throat and says, will this work? Holding out May Thompson's meatloaf, still in its toughware container. Oh, the toughware <laughs> pyramid scheme worked all along. Fucking brilliant Disney <laughs> shit right there. <laughs> Nick scans the meatloaf and the shrink ray hums to life, ready to send them back to their home universe. Mandy gets ready to activate the ray and gestures at the computer, saying to Nick that at least now they'll have a way to stay in contact and they'll always have someone to talk to about the wonders of science. As the shrink ray counts down to activation, Nick runs across the lab and kisses her. Woo! Then returns next to Rob. Wait, so the biological... Like, do, do you think maybe like the saliva on her face is going to explode? <laughs> She's like, oh, I've got some sparks. In a way. Bang! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you the chemistry and the electricity between them. Yeah. Um, uh, then returns next to Ron just in time for the ray to flash and send them home. Back in their usual universe, the, the parents rush to hug Nick and Ron, leave their home. Elsewhere, Hendrickson is loading up the boot of his sports car with the stolen Tomorrowland technology. But he fails to notice the sparks that start leaping from some of the pieces. As he pulls out of his garage, the entire boot explodes in a shower of sparks. Hendrickson sits for a moment, realising all his ill-gotten gains are destroyed before the airbag deploys, <laughs> adding insult to classic Disney injury. Does he have like a sort of like a slightly blacked up sooted face I think exactly yeah. what I thought yeah. <laughs> his hair goes everywhere and his a bit blacked Marv, up sooted face Marvin Home Alone kind of yep. thing yep. yeah exactly yep a caption saying one month later appears on screen as we see Nick at his computer chat chatting via text with Mandy and Wang chatting <laughs> via text as in like a text like a, yeah a like AOL messenger yeah, but in yeah, 1992 yeah. but in 1992 and across universes yeah, yeah. no I like it Wayne calls him downstairs and he joins his parents for, and Thompson's for dinner, with May having brought over her life-saving meatloaf. Fucking hell. Rebranded. <laughs> Wayne mentions that he's been in contact with a high school Nick will be joining in the fall, and if he wants to, Nick can spend a couple of days a month working at Sterling Labs alongside his dad. The pair excitedly discuss their plans as Ron leans over and warns Nick to be careful. It's bad enough claiming to have a girlfriend in Canada. Don't let anyone at high school hear you say yours lives in a parallel universe. Yay. Nice. Tim... It's a solid fucking pitch, man. Well done, Tim. Yeah. Thank you. Much, much, much better than Honey, yeah, I Blew I, Up, the kid lie. slash baby. I have, I've made like, a, a, I think maybe a single question for clarification, mm. but this is like a straight up perfect pitch for me. I was yeah. like, this is it. Yeah. I don't need to yeah. do anything to fix this. <laughs> we laughed. We had a great time. <laughs> it's it a Disney sequel thrills, that works. Spills. Chills. Chills. Mills. Grinding <laughs> flour. Mills um, grinding flour. <laughs> Science mills. Um, no, I, th I think I genuinely, it very much is in keeping with the Disney st style tone and everything else. I think some things like, oh, maybe the world building might be difficult to do. Fuck that. Demolition Man shows you that kind of future. Um, Back to the Future Part 2 as well. That It's yeah, quite like that easy to do. A lot of Back it's, to the Future kind of yeah, vibes. It's, yeah, definitely. It's that kind of Back to the Future, but 
but but more so. Um, yeah. yeah. And Disney fight. There's obviously yeah. a lot yeah. of parallels as well with the idea, like, you know, the, the sparking tech and them sparking and the fading photo with Marty and things. Mm. I think it, it's, it feels like a very natural successor to me. Um, so my one question, mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. Only, it's only one, um, is about Ron. Ron Thompson. Ron Thompson. Damn Ron Thompson. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't really no, even show no, that character no, at all. Nobody <laughs> does. I, I liked saying it, so I'm now going to keep saying it. That's how trends start. Um, Ron Thompson. Uh, so his, in this universe, I can understand why Wayne doesn't have kids to a degree because mm-hmm. of horrible, horrible sterilization through <laughs> radioactive poisoning. And he probably only has another three years to live. All those mm-hmm. shrink ray radiation things. Yeah, shrinking his, his sperm molecules, mm-hmm. molecules to, the, mm-hmm. to the pointlessness. Of, ah. yeah. they, can, they can probably in, you know, penetrate the, the ovum easier, but they don't actually do anything because the nuclei is too small. Science. Science. Science but it, but nobody it, asked for. So Wayne not having kids... The 15 years prior, he's invented the shrink ray. And again, yeah, because it's advanced, because he has no kids. Because mm-hmm. it's not just the, the, no, there's no Amy either. Mm-hmm. I get it. Why don't the Thompsons have kids? It's just because another Sliders-esque so, alternate universe in a, this a, world. A little bit. Um, we, I kind of, um, I never confirmed that they don't necessarily have uh, Rush Jr. Sure. Um, but the, uh, so when we see them in the Zalintech labs, the um the idea is that they're both going to be quite uh, looking like kind of uh high powered like sales executives yes yes um and it's basically like career first kind of thing yeah exactly yeah. so um obviously we have um russ senior has kind of started that job in the main universe yeah and then um i quite like the idea of having like uh may is like trying to do her Tupperware style thing mm. um, in the main universe, and then you see her here, and she's where like, it works perfectly. Yeah, and she's like, yeah. no, 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 that she's got the she got the taste for it, and now she's yeah. like a super um, sales lady, sales lady, yeah. Wall Street shark type no, thing. I like that. That makes sense. And I, I think even the simple idea that it's a Disney sequel, we want the other character to feel the same way mm. without. Oh, my parents. Uh, back to the future comparison again. Mm. Oh, one of them's dead. It's like, oh, <laughs> what? Um, because of whole, you know, contributes disputes with uh, Crispin Glover or something like that. Mm. Yep. But yeah, so I, I get that. That makes complete sense. Um, have you ever seen uh, another Disney film, mm-hmm. animated film, called Meet the Robinsons? Uh, I haven't seen it, but I know of it. And um, yeah, because so as I was researching, yeah, um, which is sequelizer's code for dicking about on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was I was looking at the. Uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience ride. Yes. And also kind of looking at the timeline of the Disney parks. Mm. And around this period, they were getting ready to do a big revamp of the Tomorrowland section that's, of the yeah, park. that's right. Um, which is referenced in Meet the Robinsons. Yes. Um, and one, uh, unfortunately, because uh, Disneyland Paris, or Euro Disney, as it was then called, yes. um, was uh, basically not a success initially to the to level that they hoped they yeah. weren't able to afford to do the um the overhaul that they were hoping to do yeah um fortunately with this film mm. <laughs> uh they have this kind of uh a big cross-media push yeah no no i think it's um, smart and, and basically like we normally uh frown upon like uh shallow executive meddling mm. but uh essentially while i was writing this film i was thinking of like okay what bits of this film are we going to turn into theme park attractions ah. um, uh, and stuff like that? And and basically, it's it's kind of designed uh, to, in a way, 
tie in very closely with the the Tomorrowland section of the, of the Disneyland okay. parks um, because the to- actual Tomorrowland movie is a big old mess. Yes, uh, and very so I was so. like, yep. So we're uh, so you fix Tomorrowland. I fix Tomorrowland too by no, by, no, no. by wiping it out of existence. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I genuinely get it. It makes a lot of sense, and it, it may feel very um, as you say corporate and uh, a bit mercenary to do mm. that. But that's the nature of the fix part mm. as well. Is t- I mean in the same way that a byproduct of Star Wars and, and Marvel, all that stuff being mm. with Disney, you know damn well the second they acquired both licenses, it's a case of like, how are we going to theme park the fuck out of this? Mm-hmm. And now obviously you have like Galaxy's, Galaxy's Edge, Edge and, yeah. stuff, yep. and obviously all the MCU bits and pieces. It's like, yeah, obviously, mm-hmm. for fuck's sake. So if you have a property like, mm. I mean, Honey Shrunk's Kids was made into a theme park. Well, attraction. exactly. That's so, that's kind of what the inspiration was. Yeah. Like the fact that it already had that connection. Um, and then, um, as I said, I was I was kind of, I basically my first point of call when thinking mm. about this was what else scares kids um, yeah, yeah. in a kind of uh, uh, sort of a deep way rather than just the dark kind mm. of stuff. Overbearing um, corporate media. Uh, yeah. So over, <laughs> overbearing corporate media with uh, that, that does, uh, you know, uh, fucks over the copyright laws. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that idea. And, and again, hook was kind of an inspiration of that yes, thing of yes. like, yeah. What if your parents would be happier without you? Um, and so that kind of led to the idea of like, okay, well, you know, what, what does that universe look like? Yeah, yeah. And then that, that kind of naturally went to like, oh, okay, you can do a really fun, like high science universe, the kind of the meet the Robinsons yes, type yes. thing of, you know, um, obviously my dad harder, did all this. Yeah. Hard, harder to do in live action than in uh, animation, but you know, the, I think you can ground it nicely though. Yeah. Uh, in such point out, meet the Robinsons. It's not great. It's fine at best. At best, mm-hmm. out of push. Everyone forgets it's a Disney film. Mm. Um, but it's from that kind of like alt era where they oh, haven't yeah. really got a hand oh, on God, doing yeah. CGI. Like yeah. they were relying on. They're Pixar. about to start tangled. Yeah, and you're like, you're about to get good again, son. <laughs> but for now, just be in the wilderness and make fucking chicken little, <laughs> you idiots. Um, but I think you've 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 harvested what's good about those features mm. and really brought them in quite nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a genuinely really good fix. Mm. I'm not saying the other ones aren't, but also the nice thing about just um, bringing back Despicable Me three for a weird moment. Mm. Um, I mentioned about Universal, for example. Once they realised how successful it was and how it became, you know, this this cultural touchstone. Of course, Universal Studios had to completely wipe out half of the older <laughs> stuff, like Back to the Future's done. Fump. Even though we're talking about like, 2015 and mm. DeLoreans and shit, doesn't matter. Minions is bigger. Yeah, clean up the space, make it there. I think if Honey the Sh- I Shrunk the Kids slash Honey I Lost the Kids, all this stuff was kept escalating rather than sort of just doing what it did. Mm. Um, it wouldn't just be like, here's a single ride. No, no, no. Here's enough justification to change mm. this entire area we have mm-hmm. um, and theme it around this thing. And if mm. it's successful escalation to, the, you know, mm. make it bigger and bigger each time, what it was going to be. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I think it's um, solid. Yeah, definitely. I really yeah. like the shift towards Nick as a main character as well. Yeah. There's a really nice touch to have because I feel like he's so underused in the sequel. We kind of touched on how shitty that subplot is with him and the the sexy babysitter that doesn't really go anywhere. Ugh. And having Nick as a main character feels like a very natural progression from having Wayne as the protagonist in the first one. Mm. I think that works really well. Mm. And the kids are kind of the main character of the first one anyway. Mm. So it kind of works in a continuation there that like you, you keep the kids perspective in that way, even if they are a little bit older and a little bit different and now they're teenagers and it's all, you know, shifted, but 
it works well in that sense of you get their perspective of the other universe in that way rather than having them looking up at a giant baby for an hour and a half. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's good because rather than making them, this, again, the Disneyfication of, of teens, um, you have the two aspects. You either have uh, the Miley Cyrus style wisecracking that's so raven rather than that you have the whole right they're slightly older what are they addressing the fears of what's the mm. kind of character gonna be and again unlike the film going well they're gonna be thinking about sexy times mm-hmm. we have to make it disneyfied yeah. it's like no what, what are they what are they where is the minute i'm going to high school and i don't really know who i am and i don't know my parents like that's something kids can exactly. relate to mm. exactly. and i'm not saying you can't have the sexual tension like that mm. and again we're saying <laughs> you didn't make him creepy mm. he just appears in the girl's bedroom and is like ah I'm going to science at you. And she says, I get science, thankfully, so I get it. Thank fuck exactly. for that. Exactly. Solve that problem straight away rather than him being a super creepy. Yeah. He's not Martin McFly and saying, I'm going to have my mum fancy me. <laughs> it is the idea that, you know, he runs over, kisses her, and runs mm. away. It's that sort of 90s, I'm trying to be an adult now. I, I appreciate you mm. and I respect you. And it's a, it's a sweet <laughs> it's moment. He's, he's, he's not lusting after her in a no, bikini in slow a, motion. No, it's an He's going thing. and like, Teens kiss each other. That's fine. Like that's a normal. In the same way that in Spider-Man: Far From Home, mm. the kiss between MJ and and Peter, I think actually mm. feels like a real actual yep. kiss. Absolutely. Like, oh, that's yeah. 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 yeah it's uh, the yeah he she is not like this object of a crush that is weirdly sexualized by the film, no. and then no. and then their relationship is very weird. It's like they have this kind of mutual interest and a closeness and a closeness. And then you get, you know, you get the usual like, Oh, we're on an adventure together. We're bonding. Um, and you know, I, I wanted to give them a moment, um, alone as well. Um, where they kind of, yeah, they talk about like Nick sort of, uh, wanting how he used to kind of talk through loads of science with his dad, but now his dad's super busy. And then she kind of talks about, um, how uh i had a moment with her where she was like yeah we live in this like amazing tech like sort of utopia but most people don't really care about it they just like that their life has gotten easier and they don't Mm, care about the science behind it Um, and so she's also a little bit kind of uh, disenfranchised looking looking, looking for someone to have that connection with kind of thing so um that's a very I like that movement. Anything with mm. technology or something like that, or even something fantastical like mutant superpowers or some mm. shit. It's nice to go down the road of, yeah. But if it's normal, nobody cares. Mm. Yeah. I mean, if, yeah. in a universe where no one can swim, like a video game style thing, mm-hmm. if you can swim, you're like, oh my god, he must be some sort of a god. He's Jesus. It's like, no. Well, do you swim all the time? I don't. Sw- I haven't swum in, swam in <laughs> years. I'm like, what? Why not? Yeah. In the same way, like humans can fly. They can fly. Yeah. You must fly everywhere. That's nah, kind of boring. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's kind of tires on my arm every now and again. Like, what? <laughs> but interestingly, I do think you had to include a kiss there because mm-hmm. it's 1992. Yeah. And even in Absolutely. 2019, when some Disney executives like, wait a minute, Kylo haven't kissed. Kylo though, right? Ren and Leia Ray kissed. Oh, right? fuck off. <laughs> when they kiss, right? And it's like, uh, no, they just, they, he transfers the power and realizes he's done wrong. He tries to redeem himself and he dies. No, they kiss. And then they kiss. Well, we were trying to wait, have if, the- he do- if he doesn't kiss a girl, how do we know he's not gay? Yeah. <laughs> Because he's been on his own the whole we've time. Got, we've got two other characters that are probably gay, but are definitely not gay. We, 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 do want, we actually had like the Hey, Disney. Boyager. Hope you're listening. Boyager and Isaac's going, no, 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 no. We're going to double down, have Rain and Kylo kiss. And then we know <laughs> it's all fine. It's all fine. And genocide doesn't matter. Okay. I like the way 
Disney executives of Ronald Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> and that's also, so the boy and the girl, they, uh, they go home, right? And they text on the computer thing. Yeah, that's right. But they give a little, uh, kiss first, right? <laughs> Again, by a man who doesn't know how to kiss. Because <laughs> my wife like that. She's always grateful. My mustache is full and smells of my cigars. That's, that's still just me. Yeah. But, uh, I have to know. You're doing an impression of yourself as a Disney executive. Uh, the worst part of myself as me goes off and becomes a Disney executive. This horrible misogynistic That's time. our dark timeline, yeah, this yeah. Matt as Disney executive. Me running Disney saying, what? No, guys, no. <laughs> Get the air in to kiss Ripley. Can't be woman her own. The cat, cat saves the day and says, meow, I'm glad we that. Because, you know, it's science fiction. Future cat. And it looks directly into the camera and winks. <laughs> yeah. It's oh, gold, him gold. I like how you also made, I've been talking about changing Kerry Russell's character, made Mandy a science-driven character as well, and having her and Nick Bond over that helps with a lot of the tech bullshit exposition you yeah, get stuck in yeah. with this kind of film. Because that happens a lot in the second one, and they just explain stuff that's happening as it's happening on screen. The classic they tell instead of showing or they tell as well as showing mm. like he's picked up that car like a toy like <laughs> yeah we know he's a giant fucking baby of course he picked yep. shut up random fucking bystander <laughs> so, so much of that in in uh honey we blew up the kid feels like uh we don't know if we've got the special effects budget for this bit. <laughs> so, so he Just might be doing that off screen <laughs> yeah it, like, it cuts Fantastic. like we, we can't afford 10 more seconds of the giant baby. Yeah. So a guy will just say, oh, he picked up a car like a toy. And like, oh no, we could afford it. Keep it in, it's fine. Yeah. Just, yeah. Had the run time out. I hope you're right, Tim. Because that's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I do genuinely hate that in blockbusters or anything that's getting, uh, aimed at a mainstream. With something that's so obviously apparent, some derpy fucking extra mm -hmm. has to say, oh my God, the wave went away. We're all <laughs> saved. Who the fuck asked yeah. you anything? Yeah, yeah. What are you, the narrator? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I assume it's one of those little um, situations like where you have um, subtitles for the hearing impaired and for the visually impaired, audio descriptive. A boy attaches a fin to a dragon's tail. <laughs> the dragon takes off. <laughs> Thank Adam you, I plays with the car like a toy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, bystander. I can see that. Yeah, yeah but some people can't. You selfish piece of shit. It's, it's, audio, point. it's audio description for the brain impaired. Yeah. Hey, uh, there we yes, go. entirely. So yeah. I really liked it, Tim. Well done. Yeah, I did Thank too. you. I had, I had a lot of fun writing yeah. this one. Um, and and um, what we'll probably do, because I, I, I had um, a few extra bits that I ended up cutting out. Because um, this was a beast of a this, pitch. This was a beast of a pitch. I noticed by the runtime of our talking yeah. lessons. But yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll probably put up the... Put up? Put up. We'll, we'll probably put up the uh, full pitch uh, in our uh, show notes yep. for uh, Patreon supporters. Yeah, a little extra for you guys to read. Mm. See the things that got cut. All the creepy stuff you cut out. Yeah. <laughs> All those slow motion bikini scenes. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Rick Moranis running around in a bikini. Yeah. <laughs> Alternate universe Rick Moranis, by the way, as he's loved and adored for his scientific <laughs> thing, decides it's perfectly fine for him to wear a bikini all the time. And we're like, yeah, fair enough. The only way he can do his experiments is in a bikini for some reason. Nobody can work out why, but nobody questions him because he's no. basically God. Going into this, there are a couple of them where I thought like, what the fuck are we going to do for that one? <laughs> My obvious one is Evan Almighty. Cause I was like, yes. What the yeah. fuck am I going to do with that one? And this was definitely another one for me of like, when we were discussing and kind of, you know, divvying out the different options for films. Oh, Matt's going to do this and Jack's going to do that and Tim's going to do that. I was like, the fuck would I do for a honey eye 
blew up the blank <laughs> sequel. Yeah, like, what the yeah, hell yeah. would you do? And you went in a completely different... I would never have ever predicted you would go in this direction. Yeah. But I really, really enjoyed I'm, it. I'm glad that, you like, got it because yeah. that is a really good one. I mean, I know I would do something... Matt, I mean, this is the thing. The more this series <laughs> goes, Matt, Matt, Matt brings yeah. in David Cronenberg to direct, <laughs> and it becomes a body horror showcase. Yep, Tim, I might, <laughs> I might have brought in John Carpenter. <laughs> well, they have that weird moment in Honey, I Blew Up the Kid where they have like the X-ray of the rabbit and the baby, yeah. and they're like, "It's an alien. It's got yeah. three eyes. <laughs> yeah. There's hair and fur and a skull. Mm-hmm. It's just a." kid with a toy, toy rabbit yeah. but like, like i imagine you're... you doing a fly type thing where <laughs> yeah. it's all just like there's a kid merged with a cuddly <laughs> rabbit <laughs> you're scientists what yeah, are you doing you're, you're looking at a fucking fucking photo yeah i would probably end up doing it a bit like uh gremlin's a new batch where the scientists are really weird christopher lee motherfuckers <laughs> and i would also pair it with i think the first episode of aqua teen hunger force with the rabbit yeah um where a car cannot be killed, it is murdered. <laughs> and uh, I'll be like, what have, what have I done here? I made a thing about a giant robot bunny. Fuck you. And it would be bad. No, uh, yeah, I think... But thank the, God Tim got it and not Matt. I think I think audiences... Now we're, now we're reaching the end of... This is the penultimate episode of Series 5. It is, five. yeah, yeah. I think people, of the three of us, because it's always been pairs and groups, but this is us individual pitches and we obviously mm. input together. Yeah. And I think they've all been very, very, very strong in my opinion, thus far. Yeah. Um, but how... <laughs> dare you. I wondered if you heard that and then you paused. dare you, sir? <laughs> no, but I think it's also interesting because you do see signature writing traits of us as individuals. We're trying to keep in, with the, in line with the style and mm-hmm. um, theme and tones of the original, mm-hmm. but bringing our own personalities. And I think, yeah, a, a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids sequel with just Honey, I Shrunk the Kids as a, as a, as a jump-off point mm. in Jack and or my hands respectively. Entirely, it's a bit weird. Entirely <laughs> different. But Tim's perfect fit for that. It was yeah. a really good show. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Like it. I like it a lot. It's good. Yeah. There's, there's weird ways in like we've this season has changed from previous formats but feels like a combination of the, the previous seasons in many ways. It's a harmonizing. Exactly, mm. yeah. yeah. And while we do take the lead, we do have kind of the... The discussion at the end and all that mm, kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, for the listeners, I don't know if you kind of realize this, but that happens organically on the show. We don't pre-discuss anything. No, Matt and I don't go like, "Oh, what did you think of Tim's pitch?" and mm. blah, blah 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 and all that kind of stuff. No. We make notes of our own and then we come into the episode and kind of discuss it. And we always have to stop ourselves specifically and say, "No, no, 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 no." Let's just save this. This is all good. Save all the good. episode. Save with the show. We're always and we just like trying to talk about something entirely different. So I really like shut up. Stop <laughs> saying about things you like and talking about films and. Even when we pause between like uh, takes or saving yeah, files, yeah. we're like, yeah, no, I, I think it's going to stop. Shut. Mm-hmm. Wait for the fucking episode. Podcast. <coughs> Gold must be captured. It must be the authentic, real reactions. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, you're I, getting real, raw, super organic reactions from us for yeah. the most part. Authentic. Authentic. Yeah. Passionate love. Podcasting. Mm. Yeah. On that note, if you have any reactions of your own, any thoughts, any ideas for. Pitches, sequels, Honey Eye Blew Up or Shrunk, insert the <laughs> name of the thing. You can hit us up on email, sequelizers at gmail.com, Twitter at sequelizers, Instagram is sequelizers as well. All that good stuff if you mm. want to get in contact with the show. Tim, if they want to discuss Honey Eye Blank to the Blank, <laughs> you, oh. heard, you heard me, you heard me. <laughs> Don't want to we're going disc- to cross over with another uh, 90s Disney film. It's oh. Honey, I Blanked the Check. Hey, hey, there we go. 
if they want to discuss this franchise with you on the, the social medias, how can they do that? Um, yeah, I am at trivia underscore lad on Twitter. That's where I'm usually hanging out, pressing refresh and waiting for uh, the hottest of takes on various things. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you can you can come and uh, contact me on there. Matthew. What up? Where can, where can these people find you? Uh, if you were to tap into an alternate dimension and find there's no stogs there, you could be very disappointed. But in this dimension, <laughs> you can go to various social media outlets and search S-T-O-G-H-Z stogs and see, uh, you know, stuff that I do. Yep. Um, I took a picture of something today. Oh. On uh, social media. Mm. It's potato bread. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. It's fucking good. Yeah. Tim, I'm afraid you didn't arrive in time for potato bread. Sorry. That's fine. I had, a nib- uh, I had a nibble of potato bread. It was good. Mm-hmm. Next I'll, time. I'll make my own. Alternatively, you can go to theredrighthand.co.uk to read the reviews I write. And you can of go to potato che- breads and various Irish delicacies. I'm afraid it's just films. Shame. Yeah. Maybe you uh, should branch out. I'm not going to branch out. Just Maybe films. I will. Oh, great. Right, fine. Fuck it. Yeah. yeah. As a subsidiary of my uh, Xbox, you can check out Jack's new blog. My red right oven gloved. <laughs> 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 my burnt red hand. Because <laughs> it gets smacked when you try yeah. and meddle in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, you can also go to cheeseman.com for the films I make and watch more there and stuff and things. Including web series such as Super Happy Kill Time. It's a good show. Starring your boys. Mm-hmm. The other mm-hmm. sequelizers. Mm-hmm. It's a damn good show. Timothy in a suit looking all cool and scary. Me in a <laughs> Detective outfit being Northern Irish for some reason because <laughs> that, was, that was a choice of mine. <laughs> yep. Um, no, it's a good show. Uh, we won awards. It's got a lot of praise. The award-winning Super Happy Kill Time. Yeah. I, I apologise for not giving yeah. it its full title. Sorry. Um, but it's again, it might be daunting for people like, oh, it's about anime. I don't really care. Dumb It's just literally a bunch of people doing silly shit. The only criticism I get usually is a lot of swearing, which is fair. Didn't even notice that. It says a lot about my potty yeah, mouth. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, if you want to check that out, please feel free to, because it is a lot of fun and there's a lot of it. So rather than going, that's pretty good three episodes. I enjoyed that. Fuck off. Yeah. At time of recording, we released like 26 of them. Nice. And we've got another 24 to go. Matt gets shit done. Matt does get shit done. Um, speaking of getting shit done, if you want to get this podcast done to your liking, I can't link this, but I'm going to. No, that was a terrible segue. But I'm going to keep it. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash sequelizers. Ooh. And you can uh, join the ranks of the many who want to change the future of the show <coughs> to their own fucking filthy ideals <laughs> by joining the highest of tiers and saying, oh, you know what I want? I want merchandise, like like six-month T-shirts. I want discount on merchandise you've got coming up in the future. I want digital prints and physical prints of the cool artwork and like the posters and all the various different things. I want my face made one of the many cartoons you guys do. That's awesome stuff like Scarret. Um, I want... I want, I want to be able to vote on an episode yeah. of the season. I want to pick an episode for the next season. Yeah, whether it's actually the show or the inter-season discussions. Yeah, exactly. You can do that, my friends. Yeah. We've got in-season coming out the wazoo coming up soon they're right yeah so if you if you want to jump on that now is the time because obviously series six is going to get rolling very soon and unlike last time we got it well we'll see you when we see you i guess when it's gonna be so no straight away the following week after episode weekly 12, episode still don't yeah, we? yeah bang straight into season and then after that bang straight into season six we, mm. we are we genuinely meant it when we said 2020 is gonna be like bigger better mm. harder faster sooner grosser babia 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Call me a weird. <laughs> a bit too style of the mask for my liking. Ooh.
Yeah, We've were. never gone that bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing goes that bad. No. But you can also pass if you want to by going on and uh, subscribing to a tier that suits your liking. Alternatively, if you are not fiscally able to, which again, we completely fucking understand, you can always just leave us a review, leave us a comment, engage, interact with us. We have some genuinely fucking amazing fans. And I know it sounds like an asshole dick sucking thing to say. We've got the best community we, on the internet. Yeah, mm. we've fuck have some great people we do and we have some really nice feedback yeah um yeah. people have genuinely been just outpouring and saying things like i really like we've done this season i really like this show and just engaging in conversation with what they would do um I, I guess tim my only question now for the purposes of the fans mm -hmm. were there any mechs in this um i didn't write any in, in the background but, but there's definitely scope for them so see there you go it's got a mech that places like a corner of our fan base yep yeah, so again, anything you can do to engage with us or rate, leave reviews and rate and all that sort of stuff is very, very helpful. Um, if you have a bit of dollar dollar, please feel free to give it to us. We'll put it to good use. Yep. And we've got some uh, competition stuff coming up very soon. Mm. Um, and we'll, we'll also be having the uh, vote for uh, one, of, six. one of season six episodes yep. going up very shortly. Yes. So, so mm. this is the window. Get mm. in. Speaking of competition, might be a sequel to a previous competition we did oh. coming up and classic fashion so we stay tuned made it better than the original it's better than the original <laughs> folks <laughs> you better believe it so uh i finally get to clear out that half of my living room <laughs> <laughs> and on that note we'll see you next week i have absolutely no idea how we're gonna fade this out nope <laughs>